is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, The Monty Show. Happy Friday to you, my friends. As always, we are brought to you by The Advocates. The Advocates, the best entry attorneys in the business where you never pay a penny out of your own pocket to work with the advocates. Let that sink in. Car accidents, motorcycle accidents. Hey, maybe you were at Home Depot and something fell on you. Maybe you were at work and got hurt on the job and you're like, no, you don't need your own attorney. We're going to take care of you. I'm sure they are, but why wouldn't you talk to the best attorneys in the business where you never pay a consultation fee, a retainer? In fact, You can talk with one of the best injury attorneys in the business right now online, live at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Another day, if it wasn't the the Pac-12 story, because we were on the Pac-12 story every day for like 71 years. Now here we are on the Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's a cheating F story every day. It feels like there's a new update every single day, and today is no different. And the interesting part about this update today is all of the Ohio State fans were like, oh, our former wide receiver coach who had domestic violence issues made up this story about Ryan Day's brother. He would never do that. It was a joke, and all of a sudden it's not, apparently. Now, The story goes that Ryan Day, the head coach at Ohio State, has a brother who is former government, FBI, CIA type, you know, dark ops mode guy thing who owns a private investigation firm as well as selling medical devices. The story is that somehow Ryan Day's brother gained access to information The inference from Michigan fan is that he committed a computer crime to get access to that information. Who knows what's true? I don't even necessarily believe that it is true that Ryan Day's brother is involved in this. Because I can tell you, as we reported the other day, our sources told us an internal Michigan investigation is what turned up the sign cheating scandal, sign stealing cheating scandal at Michigan on their computers in Ann Arbor. uh, And we confirmed that through three other people. So it's not as though this was just a one shot. And then Ohio State fan is going out of their way to tell us that, what's his name? Chris Smith is the one who made it up or Zach Smith is the one who made it up. And he was laughing when he said it. Jake, what do you believe about this sign stealing, cheating Ryan Day story? Yeah, I believe that people want it so badly to be Ohio State, you know, piping Michigan that they'll make up anything to make that happen. And unfortunately, that's just not the case here uh, based on everything that we've been told. And and I get it. We all are thirsty for controversy. We all want it to be the Ryan Days versus the Khaki Kings. Like, we understand we want drama. But I don't think that it is Ohio State going after Michigan. I, I think what it is is Michigan doing something that caught everybody's attention. And at some point, that's going to get you in trouble. And again, it's not just Ryan Day as an example. It's not just this guy or that guy or him. It's not It's not just one person. We know that many, many people 
have been affected by this whole thing. So the idea that that one person would, would be the one that turned in Michigan and Ryan Day is just out to get Jim. I got news for you. Ryan Day has had no problem handling Jim Harbaugh fair and square for years. Like, we've seen this before. So that's why I say I, I don't think it was Ohio State. What I think is, is that people will go to any length to make a narrative happen, to make a story happen. And so I'm just going back to basics, which is we know what Michigan did. The evidence isn't really disputed. And it's just a matter of what the discipline is going to be. This Ohio State angle is a distraction. That's all this is. This is people wanting some cool little story to, to sidetrack off the fact that Jim Harbaugh runs a dirty program. And unfortunately, I don't think we can allow ourselves to go down that route. Yeah, I just think this is this is what is so wrong with our media environment right now. That this, you know, that this Zach Smith character who again has a history of domestic violence incidents, who you know was at the center of a scandal all of his own at Ohio State, is somehow all of a sudden an authority. And he's being credited for making this up. It's like, this guy is not a hero. Whether whether this turns out to be true or not, Zach Smith is not somebody to hold up and, you know, pat him on the back and he's great. And come on, this is ridiculous is what this is. And here's the part that Michigan fans can't get away from. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because what matters to Michigan fan is Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion, has been caught cheating red-handed. And I think when you listen to the the words of Purdue coach uh, Ryan Walters, I, I think I agree pretty much word for word with what coach said here. It's unfortunate, um, and, and what's crazy is this: there aren't allegations like it, it happened. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and you know, there's video evidence, there's um, ticket purchases and sales that you can track back, and you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. Um, and so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals, and, and we will operate differently offensively. Like we might, you might see us in a huddle, yeah, um, for the for the first time this season. Um, so it is, it is what it is. But uh, we're excited to go play, and I think it'll make for a great story. Yeah, it is what it is, and there's no change in that. It's not a question of did Michigan cheat? Michigan cheated. And you can use this this Ohio State angle if you if you would like, all you would like. It doesn't even matter to me. I don't care. Do what you think you got to do. Jim Harbaugh, in my opinion, is in no way, shape, or form qualified to be a college football coach. And I don't believe he should be the head coach at Michigan. And I believe he should have been dismissed already. And I think that when Tony Petiti's done meeting with presidents this weekend, uh, because we got an update on that story today as well, uh, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti uh, met with Michigan administration today and is planning on meeting with presidents across the uh, Big Ten this weekend before he convenes with the NCAA. I am told that will be on Monday, and then he is expected to rule. So I, I think it is incumbent upon the Big Ten to take action. And whether it's this idiot at Ohio State making stuff up or whether he, you know, found an acorn and it happens to be true, I have no idea. But what I do know is the work we've done and the people we've talked to have said, hey, Michigan hired a firm to do an investigation based on the fact that the FBI came to Ann Arbor 
and was investigating computer crimes. They hired a firm to do their own their own investigation. That's where this was unearthed. And by the way, that makes a ton of sense. That's logical. Yes. Like, hey, oh, uh, hey, Michigan, we're the FBI. We're investigating your program. Well, hey, okay, cool. Well, we're Michigan. Maybe we should do our own investigation in parallel with the FBI investigation and just make sure that all everything just adds up. We just want to know what exactly happened. And so that's why I say, like, when you start turning over rocks in your program, you're going to find things you don't want to find. And that's why we're here. Not because some Ohio State guy made up something about Ryan Day. That's not what this is about. I, I love that Michigan fan is like, oh, even at its worst, this is no big deal. Oh, really? Because every coach in the Big Ten, every every coach we've spoken to, every administrator we've spoken to, everybody says it is the worst. It is a level one infraction to be caught sign stealing with electronics, especially in somebody else's venue. So you can keep saying this is no big deal. And it, you can go back and look at the comment section on YouTube. Oh, no big deal. This is going away. This is no big deal. Let's pretend it was no big deal, but you combine it with the fact that you've already admitted to a level one violation. You've already admitted to a level two violation, uh, multiple level two violations. You gave yourself a three game suspension with the NCAA committee on infractions laughed in your face about, uh, on top of that, you have this FBI investigation on top of that. You have a staffer that was, um, chatting with people online thinking they were 13-year-old girls who he was buying liquor for. Like this is to say this is no no this is no major infraction. On its own the sign stealing operation is a level 1 violation. No question about it and it is not even in question if it happened anymore. I agree 100% with Ryan Walters. I agree 100% with what everybody else was saying. There is no one of the big debates this morning that I that I was listening to um, on ESPN was, is there plausible deniability for Jim Harbaugh? And the thing that blows my mind, because I know ESPN knows this, plausible deniability is no longer a thing. Right. If it happened in your football program, the head coach is responsible for it. There is no plausible deniability. So any way you slice it, it's a level one violation and Jim Harbaugh is on the hook for it. And oh, by the way, if you really think that Jim Harbaugh didn't know what Connor Stallions was doing, come on, man. He was benefiting from that information and probably still is. Yeah, and, and that's why I say I, I I think that, you know, uh, what was it, Joe Clad, I think it was, did this whole thing on Twitter last night about how, you know, we shouldn't treat this Michigan situation any differently. And, you know, why are we going to discipline Michigan now when any other time we wouldn't have? And it goes against all precedent. It's like, well, yeah, because we haven't seen this before. I, I can't remember the last time we we had someone get caught red-handed sign stealing. It's never happened uh, with technology, uh, and and there's evidence, both monetary evidence, visual evidence, like evidence of every variety that they were doing it. So, so to me, the question is not why would we. The question is how could we not? How could you not protect the integrity of the game? And and I'm here for, hey, well, don't punish the kids, even though the kids were in on it. Don't punish the kids because they didn't really have a choice. Okay, okay, fine. I'll I'll can I'll meet you in the middle on that. But I don't understand how how it's taking so long to do something at a minimum with Jim Harbaugh. And half of me is like, hey, there needs to be some some 
some conversation about the AD as well. Because if it's a budget and it's on paper, the AD should know about it. It's yeah. an athletic department monetary issue. He should know about it too. So that's why I say I really struggle with all the people who are like, oh, well, this is no big deal. He shouldn't be punished right now. Let's wait till after the season. This should be handled the same way everything else was handled. Well, is that should we handle 150 and a 20 the same way we would 25 and a 20? No, we shouldn't, clearly. And that's what this is. Yeah, I think I think Michigan fan is is doing what every fan would be. Can you imagine Michigan fan if Ohio State had been caught doing what Jim Harbaugh's been caught doing? Yeah, I mean they'd be ruthless. What would Michigan fan be saying about Ohio State? But somehow you're different and somehow now uh this Ryan Day angle which again I I don't believe and it is it is just my opinion based on people I've spoken to um who have told me again and I'll just keep saying it Michigan we were told and we've been told multiple times Michigan hired a firm when the FBI sent notice to Michigan we are coming to do an investigation on computer crimes Michigan hired a firm to investigate that that situation and that firm uncovered a massive sign stealing operation in the Michigan football department that's what we were told happened that's how we, as it was explained to us, that firm that is an outside firm, not affiliated with Michigan, hired by Michigan, is licensed uh, in the state of Michigan. And we are told that they had a fiduciary responsibility, an ethical responsibility to turn that information over. They notified Michigan and turned it over to the NCAA. Period. End of story. So do I believe for a second the story that on three is floating uh, that, you know, Michigan is in possession of documents um, linking Ryan Day to Michigan's cheating scandal, to which I say, uh, I, I, I don't care. It doesn't change the facts of the cheating scandal. And if you believe that they're in possession, are you, so now you're telling me that Ryan Day or his brother, who again owns a, a private investigation firm, committed a computer crime to get this information. I have a hard time believing that because it was already, it was already public knowledge that Michigan was doing this. I, I just think it is so over the top, unbelievable that it, it would have to be, I, I can't even fathom a circumstance where Ryan Day and his brother hatch a scheme to hack Michigan computers. And the other problem with that is, is Jim has lost to Ryan Day, you know, many times before the last two years. And so for me, I, I if I'm Ryan Day, I'm not, I, I know I don't need to cheat to beat you. I, I can beat you straight up. I mean, I've shown, like he's shown the world he can do that. So, so yeah, sure. Did you lose to him the last two years? Yeah. But during those last two years, it was a, basically an open secret that Michigan had been cheating. So so the idea that that everyone just is, you know, going hook, line, and sinker with this Ryan Day angle instead of sitting here and saying, whoa, hold on a sec. So if Ryan knew, you know other people knew. And we already know it was basically an open secret throughout the conference. So does it make sense that Ryan Day, to your point, would commit a computer crime or his brother would com commit a computer crime to get this information? No. It absolutely does not. No. It, it absolutely sense, does dude. not. And I, I don't know why... We've gotten into this place in our society where anytime somebody commits a heinous crime, 
we try to spin it into, oh, it's no big deal. And it's not really his fault. It's their fault. They, you know, it's, it's Ohio state's fault. This whole thing is on Ohio state because if they hadn't done X, Y, or Z, Jim Harbaugh would have never gotten caught committing level one violations. But you just understand that, uh, Jim Harbaugh got caught committing level one violations. So it, it, it's, it's, it's unfathomable to me. And again, the latest news that we were told is that Tony Petiti is uh, going to meet with Big Ten presidents. Um, they are trying to put that together for later tonight or uh, tomorrow. And then Tony Petiti is scheduled to meet with the NCAA on this Jim Harbaugh, Michigan situation on Monday. There was also this, uh, this uh, misinformation going around uh, that the only action Tony Petiti is able to take is, you know, a, essentially a slap on the wrist. He can give Jim Harbaugh a couple of this unsportsmanlike clause. He can give him a couple of games, and that's absolutely not true. Um, the facts that we have verified is Tony Petiti has the authority to suggest a suspension or a penalty to Michigan, and the the presidents in the Big Ten have to approve that. And by all accounts, the coaches and the athletic directors and the presidents, because the coaches and ADs have already told Tony Petiti they will uh, support him in any punishment he hands down. And is it, it is expected the presidents would do the same. So the idea that Tony Petiti, and this is also from Michigan fandom, that Tony Petiti has to use the unsportsmanlike clause in the Big Ten bylaws is completely false. Tony Petiti has the leeway to create a punishment for Jim Harbaugh. And one of the words that I've heard repeatedly with people I've spoken to is, this is unprecedented, so there is no process. Nobody has ever dealt with this kind of scandal before. It, and it, it continues to go back to this situation at Penn State where nobody had ever dealt with a football coach in Joe Paterno covering up a massive, massive criminal enterprise in his football program for 20 years. Nobody had ever dealt with that. Well, nobody's ever dealt with a sign-stealing scandal like this before. Tony Petiti, less than a year on the job, is doing exactly what you would expect him to do. Talk to his constituents, his coaches, his athletic directors, and his presidents. He is going to take those conversations, go back to the NCAA, come together with the NCAA on a punishment, and he is going to take that back to the presidents of the Big Ten. That's how this process is likely to play out. I can tell you again, we have been told repeatedly that the coaches and athletic directors loudly and roundly supported removing Jim Harbaugh from his position as coach for the rest of the year. We were told that repeatedly. I think that is exactly the right thing to do. I think what you are looking at here is a suggestion that Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, Take Michigan out of play for a postseason appearance, meaning a bowl or the college football playoff, and you remove Jim Harbaugh, not for the rest of the season, pending the outcome of this investigation. And whether that is a year, a week, a hundred years, until it's over, Jim Harbaugh does not return. I think that is the likely that is the likely outcome on this investigation, but we'll see. I mean, if you're Tony Petiti, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I think that's proper. I I, I agree. I, I I think that putting a timeline on it doesn't do justice to to the process. I mean, all the Michigan fans want process. Okay, great. Let's let's go through the process. But your boy's got to be suspended during that period. And 
And because, and be very clear on this, I think this is an important bit that people aren't considering enough. He should be suspended for the duration of this investigation, not because we don't like Michigan, but specifically because it's a integrity of the game issue. You cannot have an investigation going on where we're trying to figure out just how far you went to gain a competitive advantage through sign stealing while also having you win those very same games you cheated to win. Yeah. Like you can't have that at play. So, so I, I just, this is not, this is one of those situations where it's very straightforward. Hey, we have all this evidence. It's not in question what you did. Now it's time to go ahead and let the investigation play out. And during that time, you're going to be suspended. And I agree. Yeah. If that takes 10 years, then you're suspended for 10 years. But I, I also want to make this point clear because it's been it's been pounded into my ears every time I talk to somebody about this. It's not just the sign stealing. Jim Harbaugh is roundly disliked in, in the Big Ten and across college football for many things. That COVID suspension is a big, big deal because a lot of coaches took that seriously. And I think there are there is resentment towards Jim Harbaugh, because think about the things that he admitted to doing when he took that three-game suspension. He admitted to watching workouts over Zoom, which is not legal. He admitted to meeting with recruits in person, which was not legal. He admitted uh, essentially to overworking his coaching staff, which was not permitted. And then taking a three-game suspension, he admitted that he was evasive and dishonest with the Committee on Infractions when they wanted to talk to him. At first, he wouldn't talk to them, and then when he did, he was dishonest. Those are level one and level two violations. Then you have this situation with Matt Weiss where you have your offensive coordinator being investigated by the FBI and the University of Michigan Police for a computer crime that stretches across state lines and encompasses multiple victims. So either one of those on their own, that's a big deal. Now you've got those two. Now you've got this sign st stealing, cheating scandal that involves multiple teams outside of the Big Ten and every team in the Big Ten. Ryan Walters said, you just heard him a minute ago, that they Connor Stallions bought tickets to six Purdue games. Like they were working hard on this. So there's those three. Now you throw in this Michigan staffer who bought alcohol with the idea of going on a date with a 13-year-old. And I love this. The, the reason I keep going back to that story is I love all these Michigan fans in the comments section yesterday who were like, well, that's not Jim Harbaugh's fault. He's not the pedophile. Here's the problem, though. You hired this guy. You knew this guy. Did you not vet this guy? I want the best People. So let me get this right. You hired this guy. Okay, you know what? We had no no issue. We, we didn't know. There were no... Oh, we fired him as soon as we found out about it. Okay, what about the guy that's being investigated for the FBI? Well, you know, okay, we fired him. Okay, so now we're, we're 0 for 2. We fired both those guys. What about this, this Connor Stallion situation? Navy, Marine captain... Michigan Manifesto. Okay, now we're 0 for 3. Well, what about Jim Harbaugh himself and the level 1 and the level 2 violations? Do you understand that it's not just this, this staffer who bought liquor with the intention of meeting a 13-year-old girl? It's not just your offensive coordinator in the FBI. 
it's not just the, the Marine captain who is the spearhead of the largest cheating scandal relating to sign stealing we've ever seen in college football. And it's not just the head coach with the level one and the level two violations. Put it all together. And you have a football department that is running roughshod over the rule book. And you want to just all dismiss this. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do it. And so that's why I say, hey, in my opinion, I'd remove Jim Harbaugh pending the, the outcome of this investigation. I would ban Michigan from playing in a bowl of any kind postseason. And I would certainly, if this comes back and confirms all of the allegations that are out there, I would certainly fire Jim Harbaugh. Certainly. There's no way you can keep him on staff. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if you're the NCAA just, you know, watchdogging this whole thing and watching it play out, like what, you know, what the what the long-term implications are. I mean, I I, I have to assume this type of this type of uh, you know, situation would force their hand to putting uh, mics in the helmets and getting that taken care of, finally. I mean, I, I don't know why we want to have this parade of signs and, you know, all these dudes doing these weird hand signals on the sidelines. Like, why not just bring it modern day, man? Like, let's go. Yeah, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. All right, less of us, more of you. Uh, don't forget, we have a full slate of uh, college football games. We've got LSU, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Missouri. We certainly have to react to TCU and Texas Tech last night, um, a shocking decline at TCU. Uh, a massive win for Joey McGuire. Uh, I think that was a huge, huge game last night in Lubbock. So we want to talk about that. But Notre Dame Clemson, Texas K-State, Old Miss Texas A&M. Bedlam, is it the final Bedlam that we're going to see for many years? I think so. We have a preview on all of that in the NFL after we remind you that Bucked Up is the official energy provider of the Monty Show every day at this time, you guys. And if you haven't gotten the free Buckshot samples, I don't know what you're waiting for. I am so excited uh, that you guys have embraced Buckshot and use it on the regular. I love all the Twitter pictures. I love that you guys post all your comments about how much you love it and how much it works for you. I love that our promo code is one of the top promo codes of BuckedUp.com. Let's keep banging. If you have not gotten on the Buckshot bandwagon, what are you waiting for? In the comments or in the description below, rather, excuse me, there is a link to get six free Buckshots, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and a bunch of brain food. And it tastes fantastic. This is watermelon. Now I caution you, the samples go very quickly. They sell out. Their flavors sell out. They are, I believe they have watermelon in stock right now at buckedup.com. Uh, so if you have thought about it, I would encourage you to go and get it. Uh, use the promo code Monty to get 20% off at checkouts. Yeah. And without further ado, let's pop the top on this and let's get a buck shot down to finish strong. Yes, sir. It's so good. Cold. When you get your case of buckshot, um, I believe you get 12 of them in a box. Take the top off the box, slide it into your refrigerator Keep them cold. It is beautiful when it's cold. It The thing that I love about Buckshot is it tastes good. There's nothing worse. I've tried energy shots in the past, mm -hmm. and the worst part is they don't taste good. And they don't, you get this big crash after they wear off. Not with Buckshot. With Buckshot, it's naturally sourced caffeine. So you get a nice level bump. You don't feel a big spike or a big drop. And you just have mental clarity. 
It's also great for headaches. It knocks out my headache. I should have taken it before I played golf this morning because I got to be honest with you, I played terrible golf today. Uh, I have because a huge, it's garbage. I have a huge weekend of golf. When I take a buckshot right before the round, I golf better. Yeah. That's how that's how much power it gives you mentally. You just can think through things. So get in the description below. Click the link. Get your free buckshot sample pack right now from buckedup.com. Let's go. Who's the uh, who's first one in today? Got to go all the way back to the top. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, first okay. one in. How about that? Uh, Jeff Woodworth, I'd like to personally thank the Monies, God, and my parents for the honor of being first. But most importantly, I'd like to thank Ollie Gordon. Without him, there would be no hope in this world. <laughs> well, without Ollie Gordon, what do you have? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Kevin the Destroyer, big one for you this weekend, Kev. Maybe you can click on something down below. Okay. Okay. Uh, Craig Anderson, it looks like I'm not active as a member yet. My text is gray, not green like yours. Do you guys not know how to join? You hit the join button. Do it. For $1.99 a month, your comments will be highlighted in red. We always, uh, we absolutely always read our member comments first. Unless a member like Kevin did, he mentioned Craig, so I read it. Uh, for a dollar ninety nine a month, all your comments get highlighted in red. For nine ninety nine a month, you get into our Instagram exclusive members only group, which is fantastic. I'd also remind you that for all of our members, we are doing this uh, giveaway to see the Raiders uh, and the Vikings in Las Vegas. It's a drive away. It is spectacular. I am super stoked about it. We partnered with our friends at Sound Sleep Medical for it. You get two tickets to the Raider game, two nights at the Flamingo. You get dinner for two at Mastro's Ocean Club in the Treehouse at City Center. It is the best steak dinner you're ever going to have. Trust me when I say that. You get a $200 Visa gift card to get you there. It is so much fun, you guys. Yes, the Treehouse is the best, dude. The Treehouse Mastro's is so is legit. the best steak. I'm telling you, Mastro's is the best steakhouse in Vegas. Yeah. And we've been to pretty much all of them. And there are a lot of good ones. I think Mastro's Ocean Club at City Center is the best steakhouse in Vegas. Yes. We want to send you there. All you have to do is go to soundsleepmedical.com uh, slash Monty. Sign up for your free sleep evaluation. And again, I know Matt Deering is supposed to join us here in a few minutes to talk about this. But snoring and sleep apnea are not the same thing. And I want to make that really clear. If you're somebody that battles snoring or your spouse, or if, you, if you're somebody that wakes up gasping for air in the middle of the night, like so many people in this country do, you don't have to deal with that, you guys. And you don't have to get up uh, and, and deal with this CPAP machine that it, you're, you're basically wearing an anchor all night that's loud like a machine, and you got to wash it, and it leaves marks on your face, and you got to figure out how to travel it. No. It sounds sleep medical. It's a simple little mouthpiece that they custom fit for you. They have dentists that they work with that custom fit this mouthpiece, and it is absolutely going to make your night of sleep transformed into something spectacular. Treat snoring and sleep apnea with no masks and no tubes. Just better, healthier sleep with Sound Sleep Medical. Use code MONTY, M-O-N-T-Y, to schedule a free sleep assessment today. There it is, soundsleepmedical.com. And... If you, if you remember anything I say to you, the intimacy in your relationship is so important with your wife or your husband. The idea that you guys don't sleep in the same bed because one of you snores, you don't have to live like that. 
You don't. Get your intimacy back. Be a better person. Be the best version of yourself. I got eight really restful hours of sleep last night. Only went and me and nighttime pee guy only hung out one time last night. <laughs> I got tons of REM sleep. That's what you need. I'm telling you, hook it up. Soundsleepmedical.com backslash Monty. Uh, let's see. Salty Drunk says it. it is su- Saturday morning here. Technically, I am first. There you go. See? Happy weekend. What time you. is it in Australia, you know? Uh, Jeff Woodworth is Australia in Arizona time. I See, believe it is. What I tell you? I am, I, <laughs> I am pretty certain that it is. I am pretty certain that it is. So, yeah, I think you know. Uh, Anton, have you guys talked about the jazz this season? Yeah, we talk about the jazz pretty much every day. We talk a lot of NBA on the show. Not enough for Salty Drunk. We do have to talk about Victor Wambanyama today, mm-hmm. which we will absolutely do. Big Blue Horses, uh, for F's sake, hell yes, all that all, all turned rat. They collectively squeaked louder than a hog getting neutered. They all went full Brutus in the mob knifing Caesar. It wasn't just one school. Oh, what are you talking about, man? But isn't that really an important detail? Yeah. Every school. And and I'll, I'm, I, I I want to play you. Did you guys hear the Ryan Walters bite? I think this is a really, really important bite. And Big Blue Horses, I think this is a great point. When you think about the the situation in the Big Ten, listen to Purdue coach Ryan Walters and listen to how blunt he is about what Jim Harbaugh did. It's unfortunate. Um, and, and what's crazy is it's, there aren't allegations. Like, it, it happened. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, you know, there's video evidence. There's... Um, ticket purchases and sales that you can track back. And, you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. Um, And so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals and and we will operate differently offensively. Like we might, you might see us in a huddle um, for the, for the first time this season. Um, So it is, it is what it is, but uh, we're excited to go play and I think it'll make for a great story. Yeah, he's pretty direct. It's no longer allegations. We know what he did. Yeah. And I and I agree with that. And I think so many people are really upset about it. Really, really upset about it. And I, I think you have to do something. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just don't think it's it, it's an option to sit on your hands and wait for something to happen if you're Tony Petiti. I, I think yeah. that, you know, again, it, it, it's, it, uh, you know, I hate comparing commissioners, but one thing that Brett Yormark has said repeatedly in his time as big 12 commissioners that is that he works for the member institutions, yes. right? Like, so, Hey, I work to serve you guys in your best interest. So if I'm Tony Petiti, I'm not sitting here looking, you know, down on the schools, right. From my mountaintop, I'm saying, Hey, what do you guys want and need right now? What, what, how can I serve you in and if all the schools, the member institutions want him to be suspended, then you should suspend yes, him. Like, thank it just, you. It just is what it is. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, the, the, the idea that Tony Petiti's the spearhead of a witch hunt. That's not how it's it works. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's just not how it works. Yeah, he works for the presidents of the He's Roger Goodell, right? Works yeah. for the owners in the NFL. Tony Petiti and every other commissioner in this country works at the behest of his presidents. Yeah. And I, I, I so... So many Michigan fans are vilifying Tony Petiti. Worst come I saw yesterday. Worst commissioner ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But again, I just ask, what if it was Ohio State? Best commissioner ever. 
Seriously. Right? That's what it'd be. Uh, let's see. Brian Laguerre says, Day about to get hit with the Rico. Do you guys believe that Ryan Day's brother did this? No. I don't believe it for a second. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Day and coaches got together to turn him in. I wouldn't be surprised but by that. But do you believe that the 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 on three conspiracy? Yeah, I don't I don't believe that Ryan Day said to his brother, "Hey dude, you've got a law firm, start digging." Hey, you've got a PI, he's a PI to be Christopher Day. Yeah. Uh who we've emailed and called and left texts and voicemails for. Um he has a PI firm, but he also sells medical devices full time, which is a lucrative industry. But he's got this PI firm. And there is a story out there and I don't know who made it up. I'm not crediting anybody. I'm not giving domestic violence guy the benefit of the doubt. But my point is, Ryan Day's brother is alleged, and I don't believe it, alleged to have hacked into Michigan's computer system and unearthed this. Right. I just don't believe that. You know what the problem with that is? I don't is? believe it. The problem with that is, is everybody already knew it. There was no unearthing. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. It was like, an what do you open mean he secret. Unearthed it. It was an open secret. It is like, hey, it's the Jim Harbaugh swinging rumors, but only it has to do with sign stealing. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's 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 as if it's as if people think that you know uh, Ryan Day's brother went full you know, computer hacker, you know, anonymous guy and like got all this crazy information and nobody knew about, dude, everybody knew about this. Yes. And, and the idea that Ryan Walters from Purdue is willing to come out and speak on this tells you how much evidence there is and how much frustration there is and how much a guy who's coaching Purdue, not Ohio state, not Penn state, Purdue. Purdue dude's coaching Purdue and is willing to come out and say, it's not a, it's not allegations. They did this. Yes. So that's don't right. tell me there's no evidence and don't but try to put it on days. I brother. also think the frustration level speaks to how successful they were at stealing signs. Sign stealer guy, right? Like re sign stealer guy was really good at sign stealing. Yeah. I think that also is a, is a very important valid point. Michael Jarrett gives us $10. Thank you, Michael. Uh, sick of hearing about the players. They knew it. Uh, obvious in my book, lo look at past. Also, what about the players on the other teams who could have went to Big Ten championship games and more over a few years? It's collateral damage, dude. There's nothing you're doing about it. The Michigan players are not are not just innocent bystanders. The, you, I, I, I don't think people understand. And this is how you know the that people are just making up stories. Do you guys understand what happens with information like this? When sign stealer guy, sign stealer guy, when he deciphers somebody's signals, that information is going to be handed around. There's a video last year of CJ Stroud standing in the shotgun, right? And he does the fake clap, turns and looks at the sideline. A play is signaled in. What did all the Michigan players do? Raise their arms for a pass. So do you think they they just guessed all at the exact same moment? No, they know the signal. They know Ohio State sent in a pass play. So they all put their arm up in the air to say, oh, it's a pass. It's a pass. The players know. 
This information, it's not like, do you do you guys understand this? It's not like Connor Stallions is standing on the sideline and he's like, oh, uh, hey, coach, I don't want anybody else here to hear this, but this is going to be a pass play, okay? That's not what he's doing. His job is to decipher the signals and disseminate the information. So the players on the field, the coaching staff, are all in lockstep. He's an interpreter, dude. Yes. He's an interpreter. That's exactly what he is. If you're talking to someone who speaks another language, you need an interpreter because you don't understand what the hell that person's saying because you don't know that language. Yeah, Connor Stallions knows the language. I I think people think this was just Connor Stallions whispering in the ear of the offensive and the defensive coordinator because don't forget that as well. This kid is so brilliant. And Connor Stallions broke NCAA rules. But don't get this twisted. Connor Stallions is brilliant. Yes, a brilliant Brilliant. mind. He is a brilliant mind. He not only deciphered offensive and defensive signals, figured out how to link that up to videotape because there are also reports out there and rumors out there. And I have to believe it because this is, I've been in coaching rooms like this where you have, hey, here is, look at Ollie Gordon at, at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma this week, I guarantee you their defensive line and linebackers have watched volumes of tape on how that offensive line operates. I didn't say how Ollie Gordon operates, how the offensive line operates. Well, what if I told you you would be able to know that it was going to be a run get a, a run play called to hit the C gap or the B gap, and that now you can take that knowledge and you can say, okay, well, when they call this play to hit the B gap and think I just not to mansplain, but the center has the ball in his hand. The space directly next to him between he and the guard is the A gap. The space between the guard and the tackle is the B gap. Right? If you knew that play was designed to go to the B gap, you can now spend the week instead of wondering, you can say, okay, That signal means it goes to the B-gap. Now let's focus on what the offensive linemen do in their zone schemes or in their straight run block. Or So as soon as you know when that signal comes in, right, and they're like, oh, hey, you see him say edge pressure, like to the offensive coordinator, hey, this is, you see on one of the tapes, Connor Stallions yelling edge pressure, edge pressure. You know how they use that edge rusher now. You've spent three days studying film. Don't tell me Jim didn't know. Don't tell me he didn't know. This isn't an isolated thing. It is the advantage you gain from this is I, you can't even, you can't quantify it. It is everything. You can put your, you can put the right guy in the right place at the right time as though you have a time machine. Think about that. It's a time machine. That uh, You want to know what Connor Stallions did? He invented a time machine. Because now you know the signal. You can take that signal, line it up to a play, and you can say, okay, Jimmy, linebacker guy, you're going to be right here. And hey, defensive end guy, when this play's called in, you're not going to rush quite as hard because it's a run play to the B gap. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson. Please. I can't even describe the advantage. So Uh, then when you get your ass beat by TCU, it's kind of a bad look. In this point right here by Michael Jared, 
Also for the players on the other teams, how did it hurt their chance for individual awards like Heisman? How much money did it cost them? Because who went number one in the draft? It wasn't C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. How much money did C.J. Stroud lose because Michigan knew his signals? Yeah. Like there isn't, this is the other thing that all the Michigan fans are saying. There's no real victim here. You still got to make the play. Yeah, you still got to make the play. But when you know exactly where Ollie Gordon's going to run through what gap and what those offensive linemen are going to do, how much easier really is it to make that play? And I'll drop that motherfucker. Come on. Come on, dude. And that's what bothers me. It's just, we just want to discount. We want to, you know, we want to say, oh, it's justify. not a big deal. Justify it, right? It's all good, right? Like, hey, if they can decipher the signs, no problem. But it's like, dude. It, it, it becomes a problem when you're the only one doing it. And so, yes. yeah, unfortunately, the C.J. Strouds of the world, to the commenter's point, that's collateral damage. And uh, fortunately enough for C.J. Stroud, he was just that much better than you that it didn't matter. The idea that C.J. Stroud had one of the best games he's ever had. Ever. Ever. Against you? Tells me everything I need to know. You can't win straight up. You can't win when you're cheating. When can you win, you Jim? You couldn't beat Ohio State. Damn. So you cheated to beat Ohio State. That's my opinion. That's what's so incredible to me about yes. Michigan fan. The guy doesn't win straight up. He doesn't win when he cheats. When does he win? I like. Am and, I? And remember, this is the fan base that ran Lloyd Carr out of out of Ann Arbor. Remember that. Right, we talked about this. You ran Rich Rod out. Now you're defending Jim Harbaugh, who hires, you know, guys that are on tape buying alcohol for 13 year old girl encounters because it's illegal. Who hires guy that's under investigation for computer crimes with the FBI? Who hires, you know, na- Naval Academy guys that are Marine captains that steal signs? Who can, find stealer guy? Who himself commits? Come on, who are you defending? Who are you defending? Big blue horses. Uh, what UM fans want is hard proof in order to believe. What what more hard proof do you need? Yeah, I think his point is that they want the evidence to be publicized. And all I'm telling you is I've seen everything I need to see. Uh, the idea that we have, like the photos going around that we have and everyone else has, the idea that you have a head coach from a, a, a school that has no business competing for the Big Ten Championship in football speaking out about this, the idea that, Matt Rule early on in this process went ahead and talked about how we need helmet technology. Like, dude, the idea that every single coach that's been asked about this has been unwilling to has been unwilling to speak about it specifically. Everybody from Nick Saban to Troy Taylor to everybody has said, well, I'm not sure about the details about that, but but what I do know is that it's highly illegal to go to another school's game and use cameras to steal their signs. That's highly illegal. We all know that. And if we don't punish cheaters, we're rewarding cheaters, as Troy Taylor said on this show yesterday. So to me, uh, it's very simple. And and Michigan fan, if you want hard evidence, you're just going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait because it's not going to come out until the investigation's done. But I'm telling you, every single thing you see right now Points to Jim got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. And it's that simple. Yeah. And I, I think the amazing part of this is that you, you got, you, you like, look at this comment, hard proof witness statements. We have that Yeah, on the record. One of the people who went to the games 
talked about what he was paid and what he was required to do, including point my phone at the sideline, upload it to a cloud storage file. To the point where the dude was like, hey, it started, what did he say? It started raining and I wasn't getting paid yeah, enough I wasn't to making enough here. money to be here for the second half. So we have that. We have that. Uh, bank statements. We have his Venmo account. Did you listen Connor to what Ryan said? Connor Stallions, we have his Venmo account. We have a guy he paid. There's no question. Like electronic payments. We have his Venmo account. You, it was a you, public Venmo yeah, account. Do you understand he kept that thing public? How do you keep that thing public? I don't know. And, and I think it speaks so much to, again, this word we've been using for two weeks on this thing. Brazen. Jim Harbaugh is brazen. Jim Harbaugh runs a brazen program. Jim Harbaugh was cool with the idea that on, you're going to go out in Michigan attire and do these things. This the freaking pedo who bought the liquor did it in Michigan coaching like, gear for crying doing? out loud. What are you doing? Did you guys see that video? We purposely Holy we cow. talked about it. I want to make this clear. We talked about playing that video. We chose not to. That's not what we're about. Yeah, I don't think there's any benefit to play that. But just know this Michigan staffer who had been communicating with what turned out to be a scam, these people that pose as underage girls talking to adult men, they were these dudes showed up at this liquor store and videotaped their, them accosting this Michigan staffer wearing official Michigan gear. Who does that? Right? So, oh, my God. They, you Hard evidence. We have evidence. Uh, Harry Austin, here's the question no one is asking. If it was such a known secret about the sign stealing by everyone in the Big Ten, then why did the Big Ten not act prior to this year? There was no... There was no... I think that goes back to Big Blue Horse's question. I think everybody knows about it, but there was no evidence. There was no, it was a victimless crime. Yeah, knowing and proving are two different things. When the, when the computer evidence, the hard evidence came out and a name was put to the face and the, because there's all kind of tape over the last 18 months of Big Ten football coaches being pissed about this. We played the Greg Schiano clip on the show. Um, you you look at, again, Boiler Up was all pissed off mm -hmm. about it. Like every coach in the conference. James Franklin. Has known about it and has been pissed about it and has asked the NCAA to step in, but there was nothing to step in on because there was, there was no Connor Stallion. So what happened? And this is a crucial thing you need to understand. What happened? Oh, that's right. One of Jim's staffers got caught committing computer crimes. Somebody and the FBI pulled got the in. string. Somebody pulled the string and the whole thing unraveled. Mm. I believe that's what happened. So don't tell me Ryan Day's brother started this whole thing. Ryan Day's brother has nothing to do with this, in my opinion. It that's has right. everything to do with that Jim got a little too comfortable. Because again, think about it. When you're committing crimes of this variety, Okay, hey, we got to be super buttoned up, T's crossed, I's dotted. But then you're going to get real comfortable because you've been there a couple years and you won some games and you did the celebrating yes. and you smoked the cigars. And then all of a sudden, one of your staffers decides, well, I need to do some commuter, com computer criming. And the FBI gets involved and all of a sudden, here we are. 
I think it goes back to Jim Harbaugh himself. You don't act the way he act, acted, excuse me. You don't act the way he acted with the NCAA and think you're just going to walk. Yeah. That's not going to happen. And and I'd remind you that that COVID recruiting scandal is not over. The NCAA is simply waiting for the season end, and they're sitting there with a stone and an axe blade. Well, that's what's so incredible about this whole thing with Tony Petiti and the and the Big Ten coaches and all this. None of this is over. Nothing. Like is it's over. all actively being investigated. So that's why I say, like Jim can be out here talking about we fences and trolling the media and doing all this. That's cool. Hey, if that's how you want to play it, that's fine. But what I haven't heard is just an outright denial of any of this like it's if you want to say hey i didn't have any knowledge because that's what he said i don't have any, any knowledge. knowledge okay we would never but but you didn't say it didn't happen you said you didn't have knowledge of it happening i would never knowingly do that but that's why everybody's asking about plausible deniability which to your point does, does not, not exist. exist it's no longer a thing as as the great laura weiss says institutional lack of control yeah by by the book. Yeah. Uh Jesse says no hard evidence on you situation please. Yeah. No pun intended. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. well, you saying, know why like, you know why there's no evidence of that? You know why there's no hard evidence of that? Cuz they made it go away. Cuz thankfully he uh thanks well, I think that was a a, a, a euphemism, a hard Right. Stay hard. Hard. Right. Let's move the on. The cack. Yeah, let's <laughs> OG Gary, tell every coach in AD to vote for Helmet Tech. Why are they voting against it? Yeah, I don't get it. For years and years, they voted against it. And I'm here for the conversation around, hey, like, you know, college football has a certain feel about it, and we want to make sure that we keep that college, the, the brand of college football itself, we want to protect that brand. But at some point, you have to make certain changes, and I, and yes. I just don't understand why why we're not making making these changes i, 100, I don't 100 know 100 uh they give it lip service and behind closed doors they advocate not for helmet tech they all want to edge and some uh sort of up on the uh, i just mm -hmm. I, it drives me crazy mm -hmm. it absolutely drives me crazy uh james bottom line is jim harbaugh should never be allowed to coach college football again ever i, I it is what he has done I think the the level one is going to be a show cause notice. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Is if he is found guilty on this sign stealing thing, which at this point I don't know how you wouldn't be. Yeah. I think he's looking at a multi year show cause order. You know what the issue though with making it so that uh, guys like Jim can't coach again in college football? It's never you're never going to be able to levy a punishment that makes that happen. Urban Meyer is not in college football not because of the punishment he got but because of his reputation and the perception of his peers. And that's how you get somebody out of the coaching ranks. Your peers don't trust you and want nothing to do with you. And Jim is working his way to that very quickly. And, and I, on one hand, I'm grateful that Jim is not a domestic uh, violence head coach kind of guy. I'm grateful that we're not sitting here talking about, you know, the Ohio Absolutely. state, you know, beating his wife situation. I'm, I'm happy about that, but but unfortunately, I, 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 I'm not happy that nothing's been done about the idea that you cheated the game of football. Because what that tells me is you're not, you're not invested in the process. You're not like it's not. You're not interested in in making men and like really growing your program from the bottom up. You're just interested in getting over 
on 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 the game. And that's never going to work out. And it goes all the way back to when you were with him in San Francisco, right? Yeah. It you know, goes all the way back to making a silly quarterback change in that locker room all those days ago with Colin Kaepernick. That was a bad idea. Yep. And, um, yeah. AR says, well, you don't want helmet radios. Guess what? You got sign stealer guy. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you don't want to vote for that. And now what have we caused? Sign stealer guy. It's what they say in the dark night, right? You you can hammer them and push them to their to their limits, right? With the mob, and what do you get? You get the Joker, and that's exactly what Connor Stallions is. Exactly right. Jim Choi is Urban Meyer going to Michigan State? No, he's not. That'd be, and everybody keeps asking that. Yeah, what happened? I thought Urban was supposed to be hired last weekend. What happened? I just don't understand why this why this continues to come up. I would love I would love to understand it and. I think the part that I struggle the most with is you look at Urban Meyer, um, like he he said on the sign stealing thing, and I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, my experience is that um, the media is wrong most of the time, and that's not a shot at the media. That's reality. People say things that uh, that they're reporting that just are not true. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt saying, first of all, it's hard for me to believe that the Jim Harbaugh sign-stealing thing is true. So you're defending Jim Harbaugh because you're going to play the fake news card? It's not the fake news card. And don't tell and, me and, you're not taking a shot at the media. And I, I, I don't understand this, whether it's Big Blue Horses or whoever else. And if you want to enlighten me, I know I'm just, you know, idiot guy on the, on the, YouTube, on the hack. YouTube hack guy. What more? Do you really believe this didn't happen? Is there anybody on God's green earth who believes this shit did not go down? Is there anybody who truly thinks Connor Stallions was not sign stealing? No. How? You've seen all the tape. You they there. Go get on get on the interwebs. Get on Twitter or excuse me X. Get on X, dude. There's tape everywhere of him throwing his hands around and Michigan getting a tackle for loss. <laughs> like, it's not a secret. There, there's witness testimony now of, Hey, he paid me this much to go to this game. I left at the half. Cause I'm not sitting in a rainstorm. Connor stallions bought tickets to six Purdue for crying out loud. You stole signs from Purdue, bro. Fine Steeler guy. What? Come on. That's how you get caught. Stop it. This is this is not in question. Is this really in question? Really, Herbs? Really? Go back to the bar, dude. Come on. Delaric for $5. Speaking of helmet tech, have you seen the uh, Gallaudet helmet commercial where they team up? I have not. I have not seen it. I could be wrong. But I don't know. Hey, look at that. Salty Drunk's a member of the program. How about no, baby. Well, welcome as, back. As the president of the Josh Mitty fan club, I would say, hey, what do you guys think, real quick? Have you guys seen the um the floor for the uh in-season tournament is so stupid. You guys know the NBA in-season tournament starts tonight. Uh, is there any even a discussion about what what's the best one? No, there's I, not. I don't even think there's a discussion. There's one. There is one. 
It is beautiful. Um, it is. And you don't need sign stealer guy to tell you this is the one. It is the beloved. Yeah. It is my aren't we? The Chicago Bulls. Beautiful. I mean, that's amazing. Look at that floor that they are going to run out. You off the screen. Thank you. Um, that they are that they're running out for the in season tournament. There are a bunch of bad ones. Yeah. I think this one by far is the best one. I think the Jazz is probably top three or four. Yeah. You need to see them in person. This is a this is not AI. There's a whole bunch of AI photos out there. I think this is by far the best one. Yeah, you know, I I love that floor. I I think it's awesome. What what I struggle with is I I just think the league missed on this in season tournament. I I, I think that it's, they haven't talked about they haven't they haven't sold it enough. Yeah. We don't know what's at stake. Oh I, well, everybody's getting five hundred thousand dollars. Who wins? Okay, cool. Is that it? Is that it? Is that all we're playing for is money? It's it seems it seems a little it seems a little undersold the, is what keeps coming into my mind. Right, the word you're looking for is meaningless. It seems to not have a point. It seems to not have a purpose. Yeah, I, purpose, I, I, I don't want to say I don't get it, but I don't get it. The purpose we we were sold on was this is supposed to make the regular season more meaningful. And what I'm struggling with is this th- there's we're not playing for anything. I understand five hundred thousand dollars a piece is a yeah. good chunk of change. I get yep. it. That 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 can fill the coffers of hey, let me get some more technical you know fouls and pay for my fines and all that. And I understand that, but but to these guys, five hundred thousand dollars is next to nothing. And and so for me, I, I'm sitting here wondering why are we not playing for for playoff seating? Why are we not playing for hey, the winner? Whatever conference wins the in-season tournament gets home court advantage in the NBA Finals. Why are we not playing for that? Why yeah. are we, like there are a million ways, there are a million points of leverage you could put on this thing yet you haven't. Yeah, I don't know. I I I would agree. I think if you win the in-season tournament, maybe you have home field advantage, home court advantage. I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, Boyd Lake is bad as the Smurf turf. No, no, I I love that floor. No, that's cool, dude. Yeah, I love that floor. Some of them are terrible. Yeah. I think OKC's got a pretty good one. Um, I think I Yeah. But there are some there are some that are like the OKC's got a black stripe down the middle. I don't I gotta be honest yeah. though. Like I, I'm not a huge fan of this the the design the league rolled out for this. The the whole stripe thing down the middle of the floor. I, yeah. I think we could have done a little better, you know, and, and I understand you got to get creative and you got to do things, but there's something about a really clean hardwood that is just really simple and like uh, it's all aligned and it looks good that that's hard to beat. And I feel like they messed it up with these, you know, like I, I feel like they wanted to, they, the thought was, Hey, let's make the court all one color and have a stripe down the yes. center of it yes. to get people's attention. And it's like the NBA fan base has shown you they don't need it to look cool. They need it to be meaningful. Yeah, and again, I just don't think they've done a good a good enough job selling it. Yeah. Uh, I truly don't think that they've done well enough selling it. The Monty Show Hour number two, as always, brought to you by the best injury attorneys in the business. It's our friends uh, at The Advocates. You know what I think is so cool is The Advocates really care about the community you guys in. You know, they we raised all this money uh, with the advocates for homeless kids for school supplies, homeless kids to to, you know, they they provided Halloween costumes in partnership with the road home. 
and, and it, you know, if you follow the advocates on LinkedIn, such as in like myself, right. Um, you know, you look on LinkedIn and you, and you see that they, they really do a lot of great stuff. And, and, you know, they have this program working in Missoula, Montana, for instance, that's just fantastic. And I think it's one of those deals where the advocates understand that when your community is, is being supported, the community rises. And I love that about the advocates, whether it's Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Missoula, you know, anywhere that the advocates cover where you are right now, the advocates are working in your community. And I think that's huge. I also think they use something called empathy. They understand where you are, what you're going through. The advocates, I, I think the best skill that they have is they can take all of that anxiety from you when you've been in an accident. If you've ever been in a serious car accident, which unfortunately I have, you know how scary it is. And then you get out of the wreck and hopefully you're okay. But if you got medical bills or you're in the hospital and you can't work, who's paying your rent? Who's paying your mortgage? Who's making that car payment? Because just because you totaled your car, you still got to make your car payment until that whole thing gets worked out, right? Like, I mean, you have all this stuff going on. The advocates will handle all of that for you so you can get back to the best version of yourself and you're never going to pay them out of pocket. Never. You don't write them a check. You don't cut them. You know, uh, you don't got to go to the ATM and get a consultation fee. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. Chapel and attorney live online at theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. Uh, and donuts. Dion is firing coaches. No, he has not fired any coaches. Dion Sanders um, has shuffled his offensive play calling. He brought in Pat Shermer, who was an off-field coach for Deion Sanders. Well, he's been elevated to an on-field coach, so it'll be interesting to see who they – because you can only have so many coaches on your bench, by the way. Um, it'll be interesting to see who gets bumped down or whatnot, but play calling has clearly been an issue. And one of the things that you see a lot is Colorado passes too much. And a lot of people criticize Prime for that because, well, his kid's a quarterback. So Pat Shermer's an NFL guy who's got actual play calling experience in the NFL. He's very good at it. And I've, I've espoused for this. And I've told you guys this, that Deion Sanders has one of the best coaching staff in college football. Yes. So Pat Shermer's an excellent elevation. He will be co offensive coordinator. Yeah. They got dudes on that staff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Boyd Lake says the Utah jazz floor does look good. Yeah. It's all, it's all purple. Uh, Marcus Zill, since they are trying to channel the football cup thing, the FA cup in English football, nowhere in the world do they change the entire field for any occasion. Logos, Unis, Tifo. Sure. The field never, but in the NBA, you have an opportunity to win a marketing opportunity. And the NBA changes floors all the time, depending on time of year. And there's, uh, they're, they're always changing the floor in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's I actually think it's smart. I don't yeah. love 99% of them, I'll be honest with you. I just think look, I, I we wouldn't be talking about the floors as much as it, it, if you had come up with a better you know, uh reason to play this tournament. I I your your goal so what I don't understand is the goal was to make the regular season more interesting, yet mm -hmm. you've given you haven't done that. You can give us a tournament, but there's nothing to play for. Yeah, I just I don't I just don't love it on the whole. Yeah, uh, I don't love the way it's been doled out. I don't love the. Yeah, uh, I just don't. The execution's been rough. Let's put it this way. Um, why is Gumby taking such a beating today? 
Uh, everybody's talking about Gumby. Gas Station Gumby, a better name. No, Gumby Fresh Out's remarkable. I, I'm so proud of you, the way you served your nickel upstate. I mean, you just, I, you know. Um, <laughs> Boyd Lake, the Bulls floor would look better with more black. Too much bright red. Could be. Uh, Gumby Fresh Out, fresh like a gas station sandwich. Okay. Okay. Josh Holt. Connor Stallions is already breaking out all of his radios to try and steal those in-game frequencies. Fine stealer guy. Yeah, he's too busy hiring attorneys. Did you guys see mm. he hired a lawyer, Connor Stallions? So, oof, you're in trouble. Ky, uh, Kyle Collier, plausible deniability no longer exists in the NCAA. It's not a term. And I, I just am amazed by it. <laughs> I, I don't, like, if, I, if, if YouTube hack guy knows this, how does everybody else not know that plausible deniability is no longer a thing? Um, if it happened in your football department, the head coach is responsible. Yep. Those are NCAA rules, period. And they're not in dispute. Yeah. Jeff Woodworth, let the G League in the tournament. That would be better. Well, the problem with that is you want to compete against your own team? I don't think that works. People want to make this in-season tournament what's called the FA Cup, the Football Association Cup in the English Premier League. They have multiple layers. So they have the English Premier League, League One, League Two. League, like you have this whole tiered system. That works there because you don't have it. They also have under 21 clubs. And the G League, quite literally, is a feeder system. It's AAA Major League. That'd be like having an in-season baseball tournament where the Iowa Cubs got to go against the Chicago Cubs. You would never do that. Because you're cutting off your nose to spite your face at that point. That 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 just doesn't work. Um, Marcus also says Boise State is calling. They want to remind people how much hell they have gotten for their smurf turf over the years. <laughs> yeah, right. The floors, you're not wrong. Like if you look at OKC's floor, it's it's blue. Yeah. Scoot is trash. No, he's not. I totally disagree. Uh, Boyd Lake, the Lakers also need to invest, invert their colors. Too much yellow to see the ball easily from the stands. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. You know, uh, CISPRO, they should do a an actual tournament in non-NBA cities. Mexico City, Seattle, Vegas, Austin, Nashville. Have groups spend a week there. Tournaments are normally at every other level of basketball. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you could. You know. All right. But I don't know. Uh, Jesse. I feel like in-helmet radios in college is just begging for signals to be hacked by some frat bro trying to get free Cinemax. Well, Skinemax is, you know. Does anybody remember Skinemax? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Ritson, try Oregon basketball court. Have duck wing courts. Man, that court is ugly. Yeah, that? it is. I'm not a fan of with the, with the, what's supposed to be you looking up at trees. No, bro. Uh, Eric, what's up, Eric? Good to see you. Do you guys ever get into motorsports at all? Joined you during realignment, been listening ever since. Yeah, I used to be an F1 fan until Horseface wins every race. Um, <laughs> I'm actually a huge uh Chase Elliott fan, I love NASCAR. Um, Denny Hamlin, you're a cock. So, yes, I get into motorsports pretty significantly. Uh, but I also get into football games. And right now, it is time to talk about the games. Football. Football, as always, is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Hook it up. 
$10 30-day trial membership, and that $10 goes to charity. So it's a tax write-off for you. My wife is in their program, and I'm telling you, the 30-day trial membership is a look into your future because you see exactly how much money you're going to be making at TridayTrading.com. They're going to teach you everything you need to know about trading, day trading. And it has been fascinating to watch my wife on a nightly basis work the Forex system in Australia, then change over to trading the dollar. And like it's, they give you all the markers, their proprietary software that shows you, hey, now's the time to get in. Now's the time to get out. You can program your trades. It's unbelievable. Their coaching is unbelievable. Get all of that for 10 bucks. And then make a decision after the 30 days. If it's not for you, walk away. Now, we've never seen anybody walk away because it's amazing. And when you're a full-time day trader after you graduate the Tri-Day Trading Program, you're making up to $1,000 a day on average. And the coolest part is when you graduate the program, they fund an account for you. You trade with Tri-Day's money until you're ready to trade on your own. And when you trade with their money and you make money, they give you up to 80% of the profits. And you can do that for a day, a month, a decade, the rest of your life. And when you're ready to trade on your own cash, you can do that. It's really a bulletproof process, you guys. I really encourage you. It's 30 days for 10 bucks. What do you have to lose? Hook it up right now. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Hey, hey Monty. Right there. Hey, Monty. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Uh, make sure you tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Let's react to the game last night. Um, Texas Tech beats TCU. What did that game mean to you? I think watching that all play out and looking at the way that TCU, I, I just feel like TCU's not talented. And looking at their epic rise last year, it is stunning to me how far this roster has fallen. And I don't know if it's execution. I don't know if it's a it's a, a fall off because you achieved at such a high level. TCU simply is not good enough. And if you look at their schedule now, I don't believe that TCU goes to a bowl game this year. They need two more wins, and they've got three games, including Oklahoma and Texas, and I just don't see how this is going to play out. I don't know if I, if I blame Sonny Dice, but how can you not? Jake, how surprised that you is at how far TCU has fallen? Yeah, you know, I, I I am a little surprised. You know, the thing that really stands out to me last night is they're just not running the football effectively. You know, and and I think when you have a young quarterback, you got to have that. I mean, I, I I look at this box score after watching the game, and I see fifty two attempts out of Josh Hoover last night. That's too many for a guy uh, of his experience level. I mean, you're talking about a young guy coming in, uh, trying to do the best that he can do, and he is talented. And, and and I'm sure he's capable, but 52 passing attempts is not going to get the job done, especially when you're on the road. And I look at, you know, uh, Amani Bailey, 19 carries for 57 yards, averaging three yards a carry. Well, what does that really say? That really says that your offensive line is not executing. You're not getting push up front. And that's really affecting your offense and your offense's ability to produce for you. So yeah. you damn well may have only lost this game 35 to 28. And it may have been close till the end till he threw that interception in the game. But the reality of the situation is, is that you, you were unable to control this game and it's because you're not running the football. And so I, am I surprised by TCU's fall off a little bit? Yeah. I didn't think they'd be this bad. 
But when you start looking at the numbers, they're not bad because all because of Josh Hoover. Josh Hoover is a really talented young quarterback. They're bad because they're not executing on the offensive line, and that's rippling through the offense and pretty much kneecapping their ability to score points. Well, I think Baron Morton and Taj Brooks. Uh, the, uh, I'm excited about Baron Morton. Like I think he should be. Yeah. You're looking at a cat that's getting better every single snap that he takes. Um, I mean, it was a huge recruit. It was a big win. I think that now you have to wonder, there's a couple of things surrounding Texas Tech. I, I think, number one, we need to have a serious talk about Joey McGuire's staff. I mean, the play calling at times is completely sus. The way that you run that defense at times drives me crazy. And I want to know where Baron Morton's been because he's better than Tyler Shuck. Agreed. I, I, sorry, man. I And I know that Tyler Shuck is pew, pew, and everybody's throwing tortillas. Baron Morton's your quarterback of the future. End of story. I don't want to talk about it. This, I mean, you look at his throws and the he's starting to make throws in big situations now. And you can count on him now. And you look at a guy like Taj Brooks. Uh, he is everything to this Workhorse. offense. Why have you not been running the football like this all year long? Yeah. And I, I simply don't understand it. And again, I think it's because you believe that Tyler Shuck was this dual threat and you didn't need a, a stalwart in the backfield. Look how much better you are when Taj Brooks is running 31 times. And we talk about it with BYU all yeah. the time with LJ Martin. You give a, a workhorse back 20 carries, you give Taj Brooks 25 carries, you're going to win nine out of 10 games. Well, and I think, you know, Texas Tech is, is largely in the same position that TCU is, only they only need one win in their last three games to, to or two wins in their last three games to get to where they need to go. And, and the fact is, is you're going to be in the Kansas game and you should be in the UCF game. You're going to lose to Texas. So you should beat UCF at home. Yeah. Uh, you, Texas, that's going to be a crapshoot. I think that that's one of the one of the games I look forward to every year in this conference is Texas and Tech. And Texas, it, it, and I, I know this is probably me being oversimplistic, but it's not like Texas is just going to skate through to the end of the year. I mean, you've got four massive football games left in Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, and Texas Tech. There's not an easy win on that schedule. And I think when you look at where, where the, the Raiders are now, um, I think they have an incredible opportunity to save what could have been an absolute disaster of a season for Joey McGuire. But, I, and I understand that Raider Nation feels good right now. This coaching staff needs to be reevaluated because I, I, I it's a cool story, high school heroes, great legend. Uh, we don't need great high school coaches at, at Texas Tech. We need great college coaches at Texas Tech who can recruit and develop and win big games. Yeah, we shouldn't be talking about prime staff. We're talking about Joey's staff. Yeah. And, and yeah. I shouldn't be seeing headlines uh, only coming out of Boulder. They should be coming out of Lubbock. And and I think that, you know, Joey is battling, obviously, and I love the fight that this Tech squad is showing. And, and I think Barrett Morton's got a lot to do with that. I think... You know they believe that he can win them ball games, and and that 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 has huge uh, benefits in your program. But but Texas Tech too often finds itself in positions where you're just not coached well enough to win that particular moment. opportunity that moment. moment. Yeah, like you're just not coached well enough, and that 
that to me stood out and, and has stood out all season long. So yeah, I think you got to reevaluate the coaching staff a little bit. I agree. Baron Morton should be the guy moving forward. No doubt about it. I think he played well last night, did exactly what you needed him to do. Uh, and at some point, you have to commit to running the football every single week the way you did last night. And I'll be curious to see if they do it next week. And listen, I have a lot of respect for Tim DeRuiter, who's the defensive coordinator at Texas Tech, but at some point, the play calling's got to get better because I am a big believer that defensive play calling and over-aggressiveness beat you in Laramie uh, in a game you absolutely should have won. And I look at last night, some of the formational uh, adjustments on third down that kept you on the field. I, I mean, I just, it's inexplicable. It is inexplicable to me that you had guys in the wrong place at the wrong time. On a, And I want to say this is Tim DeRuiter's 24th year as a head coach or a defensive coordinator. And, and this, you're still making these mistakes. Like I, it's unfathomable to me. Yeah. It, it's so frustrating. Um, let's see who's in the uh, comment section. Titus Zach Smith was not convicted of domestic violence. Well, then he must be innocent. All evidence <laughs> points to his wife being the violent one. Some men tell the truth. Well, Titus, I don't believe Zach Smith did. And Zach Smith, who was the wide receiver coach at Ohio state, whether he was guilty or innocent, he found himself in the middle of a situation that he did not handle very well, that Urban didn't handle very well, and apparently Urban's wife didn't handle it very well. And I don't care if he's guilty or innocent. That doesn't really matter to me. It's how you handle the situation. Even if you are guilty, there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And he went about it the wrong way. They all went about it the wrong way. He is a, he is a guy... And the reason we're talking about this guy is because he's now made up a rumor or he claimed he made it up that Ryan Day's brother, who owns an investigation firm, is the one who outed and found the information on Michigan computers is the inference. So you just outed Ryan Day and his brother for committing a federal crime. I mean, is that what you're telling me? You're the great Zach Smith, who's innocent of all charges. Is that what you're telling me? Because you either outed them as federal criminals or you're lying not once, but yet again. So what is it? You completely made it up. That's what all the Ohio State fans were saying on the show the last two days. He made it up. He was even laughing when he said it. Okay, <coughs> well, so then he completely made it up and fabricated it. That's what you're saying. So he's a liar again. Oh, no, he didn't make it up. It actually happened. So he just outed Ohio State for committing federal crimes. Oh. Let me know. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, Titus. Thank you for the $5. I'm so tired of the defense of Zach Smith. There's no defending when you, when you have no moral compass and you're just looking for attention because that's what he is. Go listen to Bobby Carpenter. Forget Zach Smith exists. Where's Zach Smith been? Like, how come he doesn't have another job? He's innocent. How come he's not working in coaching? I mean, he's innocent. He's such a good dude. Yeah, maybe him and Art Bryles can hang out. It's so frustrating to me. Um, probably you guys don't care. You guys don't care. Tanner Plummer. Uh, the difference between BYU and Texas Tech is that BYU's O-line can't run block to save their lives. Well, I think BYU has an offensive line issue. And benching Keaton Slovis 
Because again, several people have told me that he's not hurt and well enough to play, but he's not going to play. And Ratzloff is going to start. Okay. And what do you think a rookie with zero college experience is going to get behind that offensive line? Hmm. Not, not, not much. Cause that offensive line's not good. Uh, boy, Blake K state will be tough. I agree. K state will K state will be very tough. Uh, the Todd father, Texas tech was playing possum. Well, you might want to stop playing possum and start playing football. Cause you're going to have to fight to be bowl eligible. I don't see a road forward for TCU to, to make a bowl this year. No way. I think Joey, Joey, Joey's seat is already warm. I think they have to go to a bowl and then you can just hit the, you can just hit the reset button. That's, that's my opinion, but I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they have standards. Yeah. They, I'm not sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, Gumby fresh out. Tim's been all around the world like Biggie. Okay. Tim DeRuiter has been around the world. Absolutely. Jeremy Callahan. Funny thing. I was out fishing last night and had the tech game playing on my phone. I happened to see a possum by the lake and then later saw one in the stadium. That was awesome. That possum they pulled off the field. Fine Steeler guy. You know. Uh, oh, wow. This New York Nick floor. Ugh, that's one of the worst. It's terrible. Brutal. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Because uh, it's garbage. Rossitron says stallions for president. Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> I want the best people. This gives Triday trading a whole new meaning. Oh, does it really? You know. Um, welcome Michael Jared to the membership. Let's go, baby. Let's go, Michael Jared. Welcome to the club. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, for supporting the show. Boyd Lake, the O-line at BYU is a real problem this year. Yes, it is. Um, A.R. Lincoln Riley accuses Utah Utes of stealing signs. Okay. If he did, I didn't see that. And if he had, it's not that big of a story, in my opinion. You know, but I could be wrong. Mark Hales, he's not a rookie. He's a JUCO transfer, which means he's a rookie. <laughs> he has no starts at this level. So why, why are we just like, why do we do that? Can, can I just, why do we do that? Why, why do we say, Oh no, he's not a rookie. I mean, he's never started at this level, but he's not a rookie. What do you mean, dude? Like he's a rookie. You sh- I, I just go back to what we talked about when Keaton Slovis transferred in, just go back, go back and watch the show. What did I tell you when he transferred in? Do you remember? I'm certain Tanner Plummer does. <laughs> But do you remember? I told you, Keaton Slovis is not great. He is a manager, but he doesn't complete passes at a high level. And he is just a guy, man. And I love Keaton. As a human being, he's spectacular. I love the guy. But as a quarterback, he's not. He's He is good. He's not great. If you were going to sit him down in August... Or, or in November, if you're giving up on him now, you shouldn't have started him. This is, I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an asshat, but I really do hope he's not benched. I hope there is an injury there that's preventing him from playing. If he gets, because I'm not hoping a guy's hurt. Understand what I'm saying. I'm not glad he's hurt. I just hope that they didn't say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go away from Keaton here. We, We need to change a quarterback. 
If they did that, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, if they did that, that tells me that they they don't have a good grip on what the actual issue is, which is an even bigger problem. Yeah, I think what it feels like to me is, I think the plausible, because when you talk to people behind the scenes, there's always, they're always working a program, man. Always. You know, like. Always working an agenda. Yeah, so I, I read between the lines and I say, he's probably nicked up. And they're like, oh, this is an opportunity. Let's take it. That's what this feels like to me. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I am wrong. Hopefully I am wrong. Uh, I just. It's the wrong move. No doubt. Uh, I, I disagree with it completely. Gumby, uh, Aaron, a, a Ron Wilson for Texas Tech head coach. It absolutely could be. Um, Laura Weiss, Monty, was probably referring to the possum that ran on the field. He was, and I missed that. I was annoyed with the Zach Smith comment. Mm -hmm. Like, why are the thing that I don't understand is why are we so willing to sports wash this shit? This is what really bothers me. We do it with Saudi. Did you guys see that Saudi Arabia got the World Cup? Yeah, they, they, well, how bad can it be? They got the World Cup. Well, they have golf, Jetta. Why are we so willing to say, well, Zach Smith was innocent? His wife was the problem. Well, maybe they were both the problem, dude. You think domestic violence is a one-way street? It's so complex. It's so volatile. What? But well, he does great in-game breakdowns. So somebody in our in our comment section last night was like, you know, you take it easy on Zach. His YouTube show is fantastic. I don't care about his YouTube show. I don't care. And if and if he's so innocent and everyone loves him, why is he doing a YouTube show? Yeah, I, I it. I hate that we sports wash in this country like it's a way of life. It drives me crazy. Oh, you win games? Yeah, that means you can. You Urban, know. Urban, let's hire Urban. Urban Meyer, he wins games. Yeah, but he's got that domestic violence. Yeah, but how many rings does he have? He's got more rings than domestic violence accusations. Actually, he doesn't. Uh, My bad. Chris Rainey called. He wants to count rings. Well, I mean. That's what we do in this country. Well, Jim Harbaugh beat Michigan, you know, or Michigan beat Ohio State two years in a row with Jim Harbaugh. We can't let go of Jim Harbaugh. He's Superman. I've, Connor Stallions acted alone. He was a he was he was a dark knight. Please, we sports wash. I don't know why I'm pissed off right now. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I I feel, I, it. I, I, I feel yeah. It I, I think that. I think that people's natural reaction and instinct is just to defend and defend and defend until they can't anymore. And I, I, the Jim Harbaugh thing is particularly perplexing because he never wins. Correct. Never won. I, 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 on some level, be it a small level, understand it with Urban because at least Ohio State fan can be like, well, he's got natties and, you know, okay, I guess, but. That doesn't change the fact that he's a oh, horrible that's person. True. If Jimmy had hoisted a trophy or two because of this, okay. Okay. Different that, conversation. But, but how many times have I said in the last month now, dude sucks as a head coach straight up, doesn't win. Okay. Let's cheat to win. You but knew you all the still plays. didn't win. You knew all the plays and you still didn't win. Why are we, why are we dying on the hill for this guy? Yeah. I don't know. Mark Hales. I'm not saying he's going to be good, but he has college experience. He he has junior college. He has no experience on this level. You understand the difference in talent between JUCO and D1P5? There's no experience on this uh, level. It's two different worlds. Yeah, I mean, it's not close. Not close. 
Um, it's yeah, it is, but it is okay. You win. You know what, Mark? Yeah, I'm an idiot. You're totally right. You, man. Jesus. Let's, uh, I mean, let, uh, he, good lord. He, you win. You win. Boyd Lake, I remember, but I don't like Slovis as the BYU QB if he's injured. And I believe those who say he does have a shoulder injury since TCU. But whoever plays, I support and hope BYU succeeds. I just think it's, I just think it is, I think it's the wrong way to go about it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Kevin the Destroyer says Monty, Monty's got the red ass. I don't like that we we give sports guys a free pass. It really, it it sticks in my craw. Like the Everybody rooting for Tyree Kill and okay, Adrian Peterson. Okay, who cares that he beat you know. his kid with a stick? Yeah. Hey, man, you, you do, do you. you. You do you. It is what it is. You know, it it it, it is what it is. It it just it just is what it is. Let's talk about Bedlam, shall we? Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, in the game. That, in the game that Mike Gundy says doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. do we believe that Oklahoma State can win this game I do when you have the running game that they have I think you do but isn't the truth that you are going to make Oklahoma State throw the ball because I think Ollie Gordon who leads the country in rushing yards although I think maybe he got passed last night could be wrong but nation's leading rusher by far. That's the key. Because in my opinion, I cannot see Oklahoma State outthrowing Oklahoma. I am a huge believer in Dylan Gabriel. And I think right out of the gate, Dylan Gabriel's got to get hot. He's got to get hot right now. And if he gets going, and if he has 150, 200 yards in the first half, Jake, I don't see any way Oklahoma State wins the game. Yeah, you know, I, I think Oklahoma's biggest struggle is uh, biggest struggle against Kansas was they didn't tackle well. I, I mean, the missed tackles were plentiful. And if you're going to tackle that way against Ollie Gordon and Oklahoma State, you're going to lose this game. And so for that reason, I can't believe Brent Venables is going to roll in and be like, "Yeah, we're we're not going to work on tackling this week." I guarantee you, they're working on tackling this week. I Have guarantee to. you. They are working on a sound uh, assignment, sound football on the defensive side of the ball because they know what Ollie Gordon is capable of. And so you can't have Ollie Gordon out here running for seven yards of carry against you because if that's going to happen, you're going to lose. So and to it me, just it just beats you at Kansas. Yeah, and and I think your point about Dylan Gabriel, like. Dylan Gabriel is going to be the least of your problems if you don't tackle against this team. That's right. And and I think that 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 while Oklahoma is, I guess, going to greener pastures in the SEC, I, I believe that they they want to prove a point just the same way Texas does on the way out. And I think that Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy sitting here saying that this game doesn't mean as much as the Iowa State game and this isn't a big deal and everything like that is beyond me. And so for that reason, I would say Oklahoma is going to win this game. But I do think it's going to be a very close game. And I do think it has potential to be one of the best bedlams we've seen in some time. Now, I think one of the main matchups in Ollie Gordon versus that front seven, huge. Oklahoma State is the worst secondary in the in the Big 12. They've given up the most touchdowns in the Big 12. I believe it's 17. Mm -hmm. Dylan Gabriel 
I am a huge believer. I'm a huge fan. Uh, until the loss, I would have argued for him to be in the top five of the Heisman voting. I think he can get all of that back. This is one of the showcase games of the weekend. And I, I think when you look at Bedlam and knowing that this is the last year, I think that Dylan Gabriel and Oklahoma have to win this game. You are going to have to take advantage of your possessions because Oklahoma State's going to control the clock as they always do uh, by running the football. I want to, I'm with you. I want to see Brent Venables bring his Oklahoma defense much improved against the run this week. Much better tackling. And the reason that their tackling was so poor is that they were in, they were a step behind the offense at, at Kansas last week. Every single possession. I want to see those adjustments. I want to see that growth and development that we did not see at Kansas. I want to see it in Stillwater. I want to see it in Bedlam. And I think you're going to see it. And I think one of the things that is so important is that you have to be able to, if you are Oklahoma State, you have to be able to convert on second down. Get yourself into a position where you are not in third and long and Oklahoma State will win this game. And I think if you are Oklahoma State, if you're fourth and one, if you're third and three, you're running the football because that's who you become as an offense. Make Oklahoma show you that they can defeat that. And Jake, I think if Oklahoma State does that, they won't. I think Oklahoma State will win the game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would agree with that. And I think that, you know, the other thing I look at for Oklahoma State is Alan Bowman and the kind of numbers that he's he's got right now. You know, you look at this guy and you say, okay, 6'4", 209, big boy quarterback. But the thing that I, that stands out to me if I'm Oklahoma is eight touchdowns and five interceptions with a 59 QBR. So to me, that says, okay, hey, this guy obviously leans on Ollie Gordon, no question about it. Why would why wouldn't you? Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not using that against him. Just saying, it as a quarterback, you're going to lean on a guy like that. And what's surprising though about that is when you have a running game that way, you would think the interception to touchdown ratio would be a lot higher, meaning 10, 12, 15 touchdowns. You would think so. To, you know, two, three interceptions, but it's eight to five. And so if I'm Oklahoma. I'm looking for opportunities. I'm looking to defensively get them behind the sticks a little bit. Let's play, you know, as a defense, let's play third and eight. Let's play third and nine, you know, third and seven. Somewhere in there, obvious passing downs on third down, obvious passing situation on third down, and let's try to create a, a, a turnover in that way. And that's what I think this defense is going to try to do to Oklahoma State. Hey, we're we're going to have, we're going to have, four down linemen, three linebackers rolling up to that line of scrimmage consistently. And we are going to be committed to forcing them to pass the football because we know if we do that, there's going to be opportunities. And so that's why I say all of this ultimately comes down to that run game for Oklahoma State because if they're able to run, they will win the game. But somehow, I don't think if I'm Oklahoma, I'm just going to let you run on me. And so for that reason, I'm taking Oklahoma in a close one. I, 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 this to me feels like a 31 27 kind of game, real close back and forth. And ultimately Oklahoma wins it. Yeah. I think, I think if you're Oklahoma, you're going to sell out to stop the run. And I think if they do that, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that Oklahoma state has the firepower outside to run with Oklahoma on defense. But if you sell out to stop the run, Ollie Gordon's likely to go for 200 yards on you. 
The magic number is 149. They are undefeated. I think it's 5-0 and when they get 149 yards on the ground. And I think it is a must for Oklahoma. Um, I think that you cannot give up 150 yards on the ground. I don't think they will. This very much feels like a very close game. And I got to tell you, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to win. And I think it's 24-21. And I simply think it's so low scoring because I think Oklahoma State's going to control the clock. And I think one of the biggest questions is how sharp is Dylan Gabriel? Because if Dylan Gabriel is sharp and he comes out and he gets his underneath game going, they're going to take shots down the field. And if they take shots down the field, he is really good. He is really, really good. I could see them and this Sooner offense, I could see them putting up 400 yards, 450 yards in this game. I just am not convinced that they can stop Ollie Gordon from running the clock. I think it's, I'll even bump up and say 27-24 Oklahoma State wins the game. All right. All right. Yeah. I think 27-24 in a really close game. Where are you guys at on on Bedlam? Elaine Tran says, hey, it's Bedlam. Yes, it is. Uh, Elaine Tran says, OU uh, 35, Oklahoma State 42. Jeez. Gary says 42-21 Oklahoma State. I just don't think you're going to have that many opportunities to score because they really tend to burn clock. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that means you'd have turnovers. The turnovers or you would you would just be dominating up front and stopping the run, which nobody has done to Ollie Gordon, really. Nobody has done that. Uh the Todd Father says, respectfully, I disagree. I think Dylan Gabriel has a game of his life, 400 plus yards in the air. If that happens, I think that's huge. It's huge. I, I'm a I'm a big, big believer in this Oklahoma team. Yeah. But I think Ollie Gordon is uh, on a run like we have not seen recently in college football on the ground. We have not seen this kind of domination and the running game dominating in totality. Now, I also think, and Oklahoma State fans are not going to appreciate me saying this, but I also think Oklahoma State's run up against a couple of teams that just frankly aren't very good. Agreed. And I think that game, K-State, you guys remember the K-State game? I think we all remember the three interceptions that were absolutely horrendous from Will Howard. Um, I think that game was not one that I would point to. But if we go back to like um, the KU game, uh, Ollie Gordon ran for 168 yards and caught 116 more. And I, I think the question is, is is Alan Bowman a 300-yard passer against Oklahoma tomorrow? Because that that's how you dominate. Well, I, I think the question to that point, too, is will they need him to be a 300-yard passer? Because if they get the ground game going... See, I'm a big believer in games like this. If you... if you, Like early on, let's say in the first, uh, the first quarter and a half, right? They get this run game going and they're able to control the clock. And they're, let's say there's only three possessions uh, in total in the first quarter. And they're just able to run that thing out. Mm -hmm. You know that this is going to be a lower scoring game. And Bowman has no business being a 300-yard passer. But if Oklahoma rolls up and is dominant on the defensive side in the first quarter and a half, 
and stops your run game and you go three and out two, three times, then now we got to start passing the football. Now we got to start generating some offense because I don't believe for a second that Dylan Gabriel is going to get shut out in the first quarter in this game. No, I don't think so. I don't believe that at all. But I also think that they're the best games that the Pokes have played. It's been Alan Bowman, who who honestly isn't getting enough credit. But what Ollie Gordon has created is an opportunity for Bowman to succeed because he's taken a lot of pressure off of the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So I think there's absolutely the ability to to I mean play action is going to be critical. I just you're asking a lot out of this Oklahoma defense coming out of that Kansas game. And I think all of us are probably on the same page. Your confidence is a little shook after watching Oklahoma completely fall apart against Kansas. Yeah, but I think this is one of the biggest opportunities you have to bounce back. Like I agree you were not good against Kansas. Not at and all. And that was not that was an awful display. But what better way to 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 bounce back than to go ahead and win Bethel? You you know what I mean? Like that's the only saving grace I see here. If this was if this was Oklahoma just going to like going up against uh you know let's K State let's say or something mm-hmm. you know just another team in the Big Twelve, then I'd say yeah you know what you you, you were bad last week that's probably going to roll over to this week. But, but I how, just can't believe how it. How are you? How are you plus six at home? Yeah, that yeah. line is well, a little the, the because well because they're a top ten team and they've shown they're able to beat Texas. They're capable of that. And and so, you know, I I you've got what was to your point at one time a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback back there. Like this Oklahoma team is good. And and, and I think that, you know, I don't I, I'm not gonna sit here and try to explain why you lost to Kansas. I'm not I'm not gonna do that. I don't know why. I don't know how it happened. I don't know what the issue was, but that's in the past now. And you can't tell me that this team is not going to be up for this game. I, and I don't want to go too far with this point, but I think Brent Venables is one of the better coaches at alienating a top performer. So if he, if he can do that and he can separate Ollie Gordon because my guess is you're going to chip and hit Ollie Gordon every time he comes out to catch a football. Every chance you get. That, that'd be my guess, right? Yes. Because you cannot let him run and catch. You're going to get crippled by that. My guess is, my guess is, you're going to allow him to do one or the other. And if he, if they go play action, I think even if you get penalties, you have to hit Ollie Gordon. You've got to find a way to slow him down. But Oklahoma has the luxury of not having to worry about Alan Bowman throwing you to death because a lot of his production has been to Ollie Gordon. And I think that that's the biggest question. Can Brent Venables design a scheme to limit what Ollie Gordon does? And I I think they can. I think they can. But I just, the the... I'm a little shook on Oklahoma's defense out of the Kansas game. I'll be honest. It's 20, yeah, you should be. 27-24. Uh, I think I'm going 20. I'm going to stay 27-24. 27-24. Uh, Oklahoma State wins. And again, I look at that number, and I know that's not sexy, man. I know it's under. Um, I know that's a that's not a cover for for Oklahoma State or for Oklahoma, but I, I truly believe that Oklahoma State is going to have the ball with a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. that's what I think. 
Tanner Plummer, if Ollie Gordon flames out, there are going to be a lot of heartbreak Okie State fans who were saying he was the best QB to ever running back to ever live. I think if Ollie Gordon doesn't have 175 rushing, this is going to be a tough game for them to win. Yeah. It's going to be a very difficult game. And for I just them don't see how, if you're Oklahoma, you allow him to get anywhere in that ballpark. I could easily see 100, 120. For sure. You know what I'm sitting here thinking, and Oklahoma fan, Kevin the Destroyer, if you're here or whoever, somebody correct me. At that Kansas game brought me back to last season. I'll be honest with you. We were sitting there watching it. Yeah. And um, Jake's current, um, I don't know, what would you, Jake's current significant other is a OU alum. Mm-hmm. And like just talking to her, about, like that's not Oklahoma football. That was last year's Oklahoma football. Yeah. Like, and I think OU football, and I think Bob Stoops. I think Lincoln Riley. I think domination. I think big offense. I think better defense and Barry Switzer and Brian Bosworth. And none of that showed up in Lawrence last week. That's what bothers me so much. This felt like last year's OU team. And for my money, I, I feel like that's what that's what we got. That's what we got. And it, and I hope it just doesn't happen again. Oklahoma ain't losing back-to-back games. If they do, it's over for their season. I would love to see uh, David beat Goliath here. I don't see a rain delay throwing off your game, and OU is coming for blood. But it's in it's in Stillwater. And and how on earth is how on earth is Oklahoma State plus six at home? This game just feels backward to me. Mm-hmm. It feels backward to me. It doesn't feel. I, I have to go under 27, 24 under, and I think Oklahoma State wins the game. Uh, it is Elaine Train going to be a great game. Uh, they lost to Kansas because Kansas is a good team and it was a home game for Kansas. They lost to Kansas because they didn't play fundamental football. Yeah. And I, and I love Beaner and I, I love Kansas. I love that story. And, Oklahoma is a better team than Kansas is. Yeah. Oklahoma was not assignment sound. They were in the wrong place. They were in the wrong alignment. They played terrible angles, which led to, I mean, it has to be, I don't know the number and I haven't heard them say, but it's got to be 25 missed tackles. Yeah. I mean, it was just an F load of tackles that just, okay, not, not going to tackle you or you. Tackles that should have been made. Do I feel like making this tackle? Nah. Rock chalk. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, dude. This Oklahoma team, and I'm not an Oklahoma fan. I I just think from an athletic perspective, from a a competitor's perspective, dude, if you went out and lost yourself a game because you tackled horribly Mm. and used really bad technique doing it, that next week, you're coming out to annihilate whoever it is. And I'm not saying they're going to dominate this game. But I, I I would be really, really surprised if they came out and lost this game because of what happened last week. So not only are you trying to bounce back from an yeah. awful performance defensively, yeah. but this is Bedlam, dude. This is like like when your head coach the rolls out. The last Bedlam. When your head coach in Brett Venables rolls out and is like, hey, it's Bedlam week with the media. That's the first thing he said to the media. Hey, it's Bedlam week. Dude, you know that they're here for it. And and that's what that's how I see it. The plus six at home for Oklahoma State, I I 
I can only think that's because it's it's OU. They've got a ton of talent. They beat Texas. Like there, there's some precedent. Okay, fine. The real what the real line should be here is Oklahoma State by three. That they should be favored by three, in my opinion, because it's at home. But the boys in Vegas set the lines for a reason. So and I think the other thing you have to remember, Alan Bowman's not beating anybody on his own. No. And I think that Dylan Gabriel is. Well, he's the number one passer in the Big 12 for a reason. And I think if you if you look at just, I mean, completion percentage, I mean, it, it, you are arguably, Alan Bowman is 22nd in the Big 12 in completion percentage. That is not good. So if you're Oklahoma's defense, what do you what are we gonna do? Okay. And yeah. he's seventh in attempts per game. We're gonna stack the box and we're gonna play man coverage across the board. And we're gonna force you to beat us with your arm. Oof. And we're we're gonna sit here and we're gonna say, Hey, our athletes are better than your athletes. We believe that we will make the plays that we need to make. force us to play zone. Yeah. Force us to force us to play man over. Because uh, until you do that, we're not doing that. Man, do you guys understand? He, uh, Alan Bowman is sixth in completions. He is fourth in <coughs> attempts. <coughs> and my man is 22nd in completion percentage. Criminy. Like, it, it, you've got to. Uh, and you got to make them throw the football. <laughs> like, yet. Their play action pass has been, has been, and I'm not going to say it's been bad, but the difference between good and great play action passing is noticeable. Theirs has only been very mediocre. Right. My question is, can you get the tight ends involved and can you throw the ball to Ollie Gordon against Oklahoma? Because I have a feeling there's going to be nine men, nine men closer to the line of scrimmage than to the top of the defense. Yeah, I think your I think your entire defense is inside of 20 yards the whole game if you're Oklahoma. And I would just shell it, right? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not going all out. I'm not blitzing. I'm not I'm not doing any of that. At least in the first half, I am going to be very <laughs> passive and I am just going to gap fill. I am going to gap fill and I am if I if I am Oklahoma, there is not a chance in the goddamn world that I am going to give up an edge tomorrow. I'm on defense. No. I am I am not going to be over aggressive off the edge and I'm going to gap fill and I'm going to make Ollie Gordon win the win the battle at the line of scrimmage and he is he is going to have to break tackles. Yeah. And I think the problem is Kansas did break tackles and they did be, have better routes. So, it'll be interesting. We'll see. Um let's see. James says uh, Gabriel is a really good quarterback. Oklahoma State has to keep him off the field. If OSU can run and play action pass, OSU will win. They have to get the tight ends involved. Yeah, I I I I think so. Hello Billy Slovis beat West Virginia last year. I'm good with him out. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I hate that whole thing. Um let's see who else is in on uh on Bedlam. Um Gary Wolf, boss, Joey McGuire tried his best to give away the game, but Tech somehow won anyway. He really did. Going for it on fourth and one. What They were what on their 36. Doing? What are you doing? Fourth and one on your own 36, and he went for it. Brutal. 
Um, let's see. Ollie Gore, all Ollie Gordon chats are super chats. Did I miss a super chat? I didn't miss a super chat. No, I didn't miss a super chat. What are you guys talking about? Uh, all right, 27-24. Let's move on because I want to get to LSU and Alabama. Damn right you do. God damn. Nick Saban is a better man than you are. This is the game of the day, in my opinion. This in Bedlam is, is the game of the day. Just right off the bat, how confident are you that, that LSU can score enough points to beat Alabama? Not confident at all. I think, Not confident I think, at I think all. Nick Saban is prepared for this game. Not confident at all. I think Nick Saban understands what this game means for his program this year. He understands that, hey, dude, we need this game. Not because we're a one-loss team. Not because everyone counted us out at the beginning of the year. Not because everyone hates on Jalen Milrow. But because if we win this game, we're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. And I don't give a damn who is playing for Auburn at the end of the year. And to me, if I'm Nick Saban, I'm sitting here saying, hey, yeah, they got some dudes, right? Jalen Daniels, right? Diggs, you know, mm -hmm. neighbors. We get it. They got some guys. But we got guys, too. And and I, if I'm Nick Saban, I, I'm just, I, I want I want my guys to play confident and free football in this one. That's what I think it's going to take because against Texas, you are a different team, right? This is, this is the rerun of Texas for Alabama, if you will, right? You're in your own building. LSU's coming in, you know, huge yeah. rivalry, obviously like this is, this is one of those games. And, and, and I look at, I look at Alabama and we've talked about it a ton. Like this is a team that struggled to get back inside the top 10 for weeks and they finally did it. And you're in the college football playoff picture and outside looking in admittedly. But if you want to have any chance at that, you got to win this game. And to me, it's at home. There's no excuse. not. There's no excuse to lose this game. It's not like if you lose this game, you don't deserve anything. And that's why I'm like, Hey, this is one of those where, this is a hey, great coach and Nick Saban gets his underrated team to win a ball game. Here's my problem is we have not seen, and I know this is cliche. We have not seen Alabama play 60 minutes yet. Well, Texas, yeah. they gave it up in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. At, you can go up and down their schedule. Every game, there's a quarter where they just go to sleep. Wow, look at the Tennessee game. You, you didn't show up in the first half. Well, really that second quarter, that second quarter almost undid you. And then you came out of the half and you blew their doors off. Yeah. LSU's got enough gas in the tank to light you on fire if you do that. And I'm not talking about 10 points in the second quarter. I'm talking about like three possessions, 21 points. Mm -hmm. Like they'll leave you standing there. And you can make adjustments all you want at the half. But if you go to sleep on LSU in the in the quarter, in the second quarter, like you've done a couple of times this year, you're going to get your ass beat. That simple. The positive is Alabama's offense has become explosive. And Jalen Milrow is actually better than a lot of other quarterbacks around him. And I think Jalen Milrow, and I told you on this show, and everybody mocked me, and Jalen Milrow is the quarterback at Alabama. And hey, what are you talking about, he man? He is throwing the ball well. He is not relying on the run. He is actually, I think, becoming one of the better deep ball throwers in the SEC. I think Jalen Milrow is the key to this game for Alabama. And they've got 
to play four quarters or LSU will beat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And I, and I think it's something that they've dealt with all year long. And I, and there was a lot of concern in that Tennessee game, you know, going to the half and whatever he did, whatever Saban did at the half worked obviously, but, but I, I totally agree. I mean, Again, you can't have, ah, we'll show up in the second half. That's second half game. You can't do that here. And and I don't know. I just, I believe in Nick Saban. I'm a Nick Saban guy. I, I believe that the guy is capable of getting his team to do what they need to do to win the game. And and I'm not a Brian Kelly guy. I'm not. Never, not really ever have Nobody's happened. a Brian Kelly guy. And, 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 and to me, you know, if you're Brian Kelly, you're sitting here and you're like, hey, man, we're 4-1. and one. They're 5-0 and oh in conference. We got to beat them to have a chance to win, to win the, the SEC here. So if you're LSU, you have to have this game from a conference perspective. So I don't know. That's what. That's why uh, you know I love Bedlam, but to me, this is the game of the week. To me, I think the biggest issue here is going to be the defense of LSU, and can you can you make plays, and can you find a way if you are if you are LSU. Can you find a way to make enough plays to beat Alabama on defense? That's the only question I have. Um, I think when you look at the defensive numbers, uh, pretty much of any kind, I think you're looking at, at a at a situation where you're just going to you're just going to have to hope that Jalen Milrow doesn't eat you up completely. Because I look at some of the performances that we've seen out of LSU's defense, and it's not good. Like it, it, you can't, you beat Arkansas, but you gave up 31 points, right? And you, you, you beat Missouri, but you gave up 39 points. And I think the only game that really stands out to you is the Auburn game, but Auburn ain't very good this year. <laughs> and I say ain't on purpose. I don't believe in this LSU defense. And listen, I understand that, I understand that defense doesn't always determine the, the winner of games. I think in this contest it will. And just looking at, at some of the numbers, they do you guys understand that Alabama's given up 132 points? LSU's given up 212. They've given up almost a hundred more points than Alabama. <laughs> and the the more the more terrifying part of that is they've scored 379 points. And Alabama scored two forty five, and Alabama's five and zero, and they're four and one. That tells you LSU is this offensive juggernaut who can't stop anybody, as I've just told you. Right, playing high scoring games. And when you are LSU and you're at Bryant Denny Stadium, and if Alabama wins, they win the SEC West. It's all but it. it, it it's going to be a bloodbath. Nick Saban doesn't need motivation this week. His kids are motivated. And so when I look at the the final outcome of this game, I think this is all about Jalen Milrow versus the LSU defense. I don't think they're going to get home nearly enough. I think Alabama's offensive line has actually gotten a tick better every week. And I think the Alabama Alabama defense um, is very, very good. So if if I had to guess, I mean, the number on this game is 60 points. This is going to be an over game. Yes. And I think whoever scores 40 points in this game wins. So I've got it 40 to 34, Alabama. Mm. Yeah. Last year's game between these two, 
uh, at LSU, 32-31 victory for LSU in overtime. We all remember it. I agree. This is pushing 40 points for the winner. Uh, I was going to go 38-35 Alabama. 38-35 Alabama. So we're pretty close. Yeah, close game. That's but, impressive. But I think Alabama wins this one. Uh, Jeremy Callahan, Saban rents the shower at Love's just to take a leak. Also, weak truck stop game. I, I mean, you know, I actually like Love's truck stop. <laughs> What's wrong with Love's truck stops? I love it. Um, let's see. Brandon Butler. Brian Kelly is coming uh, for that accent. Yeehaw. Please. I'm so glad. Oh, family. I'm so glad he's not at Notre Dame anymore. Uh, Boyd Lake, these games come down to who has a superior quarterback advantage, LSU. Jaden Daniels will put LSU on the top. We'll see. He takes an enormous amount of beating. Dude, we all know that hit stick highlight from earlier this year. Come over on now. Over and over and over again. And looking at their looking at their schedule, you look at the better matchups that they've had. Like you look at that lane train game. And you start looking at the you start looking at the tackle for loss numbers, and they only had four tackles for loss and three sacks, but they Ole Miss clocked five pass defended. So they hit him, they tackled him for loss, and they and they were able to defend his passing game. Mm -hmm. And that's Ole Miss's defense. And you start looking at you start looking at Jalen Daniels on the whole, and you look at some of his game logs. And that old miss game was probably one of the highlights of his season. But damn, dude, I even look at the Florida State game and the hit stick highlight you're talking about. Like you look at you look at Florida State and you start looking at their defense. Jesus, he got he got hit a lot in that game. And I think when you're when you're taking that kind of beating, it's very easy to fold. And he didn't. He is a I think he is just one of those guys that works really, really hard and is very, very mentally tough. But at some point everybody breaks. Uh and a lot. Alabama is, I think, the best angle team in college football on defense. They run the best angles. I think that they you, you will very rarely see Alabama over running plays mm -hmm. they're very rarely Nick Saban is one of the elite coaches at teaching the level of aggression necessary for the moment and I think that's gonna play a huge part in this game because Daniels is in space a lot he's not a kid that takes a snap drops seven steps and lets the football go he moves around a lot he runs a lot he opens himself up to getting hit a lot and I think you got to take advantage of that. I, I mean, I, I, you know, you, to your point, I don't doubt the kid's toughness, but I, I mean, there's no question. You gotta, you gotta punish him when you get the chance. Yeah, I just, hmm. we'll see. Uh, Jeremy Kelly, and so basically, whoever loses a game technically gets curb stomped. <laughs> Pretty much. Technically, don't start. Don't start because we had a curb stomp Arbian on. Uh, OG Gary, forty-two thirty-one LSU win cover over for me. Okay. I, I don't know how you, if it's a 73 point game, can LSU play that kind of defense to mm. win a 70 point game? I don't think you, I don't think he can. I truly don't think he can. Uh, we have one of the best offenses in the country. You have a pig farmer. At court. Oh, that's right. Now you're an LSU fan. 
Mm. Uh, Bama can't hang with us. Here's the problem. LSU has a very average defense. I mean, a very, very average defense. And I think when you start looking at the, 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 the metrics on, on team defenses and you start understanding the, the way that this conference is divvied up right now, LSU is 12th in team defense in, in, in the 14 team SEC. And you, you start looking at the fact they're giving up 60% completions. That's, that is very telling considering that's a really good number. And they still give up 26 and a half points a game, (coughs) bro. (coughs) Alabama gives up 16 and a half. Right, like 197 yards a game. LSU gives up 238 and a half. Yeah, like they're they're giving up. Milrow's going to have his opportunities, dude. There's 156 no and a half yards on the ground. I mean, they're they're giving up. A, their defense is not not ideal. And you start looking at the they're they're 12th in defense in the in the SEC. That is not good against an offense. And this LSU, this LSU defense, as bad as they are, the problem is Alabama's offense is quite explosive these days. So we'll see. Mike Smith, Dan Wetzel announces <laughs> that Michigan has fired Connor Stallions. Oh, is that right? Very interesting. Hmm. Um, it, is that surprising? The University of Michigan has fired recruiting analyst Connor Stallions, a source tells Yahoo Sports. He was previously suspended with pay during the NCAA investigation into in-person scouting. Sign Steeler guy. Well, that I mean that's a that's a big to do. Um that's a big to do. And I think one of the things we've talked about on this show uh and we talked about it earlier today if you if you're just tuning in here on the Monty show presented by the advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business are the advocates where you never pay unless and until they win your case. We told you earlier today that um, this weekend, Tony Petiti is going to meet with Big Ten presidents because Monday he is scheduled to have a call with the NCAA about the Michigan situation. I don't think it's any coincidence that we were hearing that there was going to be discipline handed down this weekend at Michigan, and then what do we get? Discipline. We get discipline. Yeah. Um. I think Tony Petiti coming to town and Michigan firing Connor Stallions is just the beginning. I think that is a, I, I don't know. Is that something where you say to yourself, okay, well, they, they handed out justice. It's over. Here's the problem with that. There is no, again, here's that term plausible deniability. Jim Harbaugh was well aware that this was going on in his program. And you fired the guy that was supposedly responsible for it. Yeah, I wonder. So I wonder who's the next person from Michigan to speak to the media? Because I don't think it can be Jim. And I think if it is Jim, that's a mistake. Well, it's going to be Jim because they play tomorrow. Yeah, but that's my point. Like, wouldn't, I don't know. I I think if you're going to fire this cat, well, not if you did. If you're going to fire him, you, you got to do more than just fire him. Like firing him, okay, great. But then what's the next thing? I mean, that's like, it's not, we can't, it's like, okay, cool. We're going to fire this guy. And then what's the update? 
okay, we're firing him because of X, Y, and Z. What's the explanation? I mean, that's that's my thing. This is not this is well, not the same situation as hey, we're gonna fire the guy who got caught on tape trying to meet a 13 year old girl with alcohol. That's a little bit different, you know. Like that's one where you know that that's pretty straightforward. That's a that's a crime. Like okay, yeah. we get it. This is you know NCAA violations and all all the work. I think this is the beginning. I think this is not the end, and I think it's very interesting. Um, that, you know, just reading the tea leaves, um, I think we were talking to a source of ours yesterday about this mm -hmm. that, and I think we even said it on the show that, I mean, Tony Petiti is coming to town, not of coincidence. No. And we could talk about lacrosse championships and all of that. He was there to make sure action was being taken. In my opinion, he met with the president at Michigan. Um, from what I understand, there was a meeting that involved the president and the athletic director, Tony Petiti did not meet with Jim Harbaugh from what I was told uh, or had no plans to rather. I think this is the beginning and it, this is the least of the moves. Now there's something else that I think is very interesting. Uh, does this mean that the NCAA or Michigan has finished your investigation? Because I would remind you that Connor Stallions was, um, suspended pending the outcome of this investigation. So now that you fired him. Here's the other problem. If this is because the investigation's done. Now my guess is this meeting with Tony Petiti and the NCAA takes on more meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is not the end folks. No, this is, I agree. This is the beginning. I, I, I think that, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see where this goes. This is this has been my question the whole time to, for Tony Petiti going to Ann Arbor. Okay, he's going to come and he's going to meet with you guys and you guys are basically going to hammer hammer out what the best path forward is. So, yeah, if you're going to fire somebody, that would indicate the investigation is over with. You have all the details. You have yeah. all the information. We're not, we're not wondering. There's no speculation. We know what happened. We know the circumstance. Now we've, we've moved on to what we're going to do about it. And, and like you said, Hey, there's a game tomorrow for Michigan. We're really going to let this guy on the sideline tomorrow. Come on. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that your, your Jim Harbaugh is going to be viewed very differently standing in the maze and blue tomorrow. And I understand that you don't, you don't suspend Jim Harbaugh lightly. But now you fired his boy, who, by the way, as I mentioned earlier, um, Connor Stallions retained an attorney. What is the last thing Michigan wants Connor Stallions to do? Sue them. Because what happens when you sue people? Discovery. You really want to go through discovery with Connor Stallions? I think you're going to. Because my guess is Connor Stallions, if he if he sues, and I don't know that he will, if Connor Stallions sues, he's going to sue for wrongful termination and damage to reputation. And my guess is he's going to say that he was acting at the direction of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. And my guess is he has text messages, emails, phone calls. If this guy, this is what should scare a Michigan fan. If this guy mentally has the capacity 
to decode signs, match up the film, run Mar a whole scheme. Navy Academy graduate, right. Naval Academy graduate, Marine captain. You, you can be sure as part of this process, he knew what the what the consequences could be, and he knew how to cover himself oh, if they he came. he kept receipts. Yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. He kept receipts because you know what the the one of the more damning pieces of evidence is he wasn't trying to hide. Yeah. He used a, a publicly available with his name on it Venmo account. He wasn't trying to hide. He bought tickets in his own name. He was not trying to hide. The guys who went to the games for him are talking to the media. He wasn't trying to hide. So this is why I ask Michigan fan. These guys weren't acting in secret. Why? Well, so you really think Jim didn't know? And because these guys weren't acting in secret, you know, that tells me Jim's not good at this whole thing. Like Jim doesn't understand how to cheat properly. Jim doesn't like he's not some, uh, um, you know, elaborate and cold-blooded, clean, methodical and thorough assassin at cheating. And And that's what's so amazing about this whole thing is that, is that you would think if you were going to cheat to this scale, you would do it like secretively. You would you would cover your tracks. You wouldn't have a public Venmo account. This guy wouldn't be out here making it that obvious he was on Central Michigan sideline. He wouldn't be doing all this. I mean, and that's the other side of this too for Central Michigan. Now that they fired him, is that not an admittance that that was him? I mean, I don't at know. some level, right? Like, I, don't, I, I don't, well, I don't know that I would draw that line, but I, I think... Central Michigan is complicit by their silence. Yeah. Because I just keep saying about this Central Michigan thing, if that wasn't Connor Stallions on the sideline at Central Michigan, dude, um, why haven't you said that that's not Connor Stallions? That's my my daughter's kid, Jimmy. That's our water boy. That's John Doe. If that's not Connor Stallions, who the f is it? Fine Steeler guy. You know what I mean? Like that's to me, Central Michigan is complicit by their silence. Mm -hmm. And their the damning evidence is their long-standing relationship with Michigan. And the the staff that used to work at Michigan that now works at Central Michigan. And that staff worked at Michigan while Connor Stallions was at Michigan. Right. I mean, all this is this is going in the wrong direction, friends. It's going downhill now. And I think I think you are in a very bad spot. You are in a very, very bad spot here if you're Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. There's there's no way to So you're not spinning out of this, dude. Hmm. I, I'm sick. Jeremy Callahan, I think he should title his memoirs Wild Stallion. See what he did there? Right. Uh Jeff Woodward, uh, can we please talk about NDAs again? That was so much fun. Good luck. Good luck. I, you can't tell me you, you have a recruiting. His title was recruiting analyst, $55,000. You made him sign an NDA? Nah, somehow I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Any a report, uh, Michigan fired Connor Stallions. Michigan says this is just a beginning of a broader change in Michigan football leadership per someone close to Michigan administration. Maybe. Maybe. I, 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 I can only lean on what our sources are telling us. And again, our sources told us Tony Petiti, his trip to Michigan was deliberate. He met with the president and the athletic director at Michigan. He is going to speak to all of the presidents in the big 10 on a call tomorrow. 
He has already met with coaches on a call. He's already met with ADs on a call. He is going to meet with presidents. And then he is going to meet with the NCAA on Monday. We'll see. I, I don't, I don't, there's no good way to spin this. Yeah. It's there, brutal. There, this is, this is, I mean, you can, you, you can, Michigan fan, you can say anything you want to say. But now that Michigan has fired Connor Stallions, this, this is, this is no longer some small thing. Um, Dan Wetzel at Yahoo Sports is reporting that Michigan fires Connor Stallions. Suspended with pay during an NCAA investigation into in-person scouting. He has now been terminated. Nicole Arobach is reporting that Connor Stallings refused to cooperate with any internal or external investigations or discussions, according to her source. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good. So if Connor Stallions is uncoop boy, that's just not how you want to handle this. Karen. Yeah, that's not good, dude. <laughs> uh, Connor Stallions. If he was in cooperative, uncooperative. Yeah. Uh, if he was, in fact, uncooperative with the investigation, you're in real trouble. Because why would you be why would you be uncooperative? Well, you'd be uncooperative because you're protecting somebody. Who do you think he's protecting? <laughs> Must be obvious, right? I mean, that's the only reason that you're going to not cooperate with an investigation, Jim Harbaugh. Right? That's the only reason that you're not going to cooperate. Connor Stallion seems like a Jim Harbaugh disciple. He seems like someone who loved Jim, who would do anything for Jim, and follows right in the same philosophy as Jim. Michigan Manifesto. Right. Hey, I'm not going to cooperate. Why am I not going to cooperate? Well, because my boss didn't cooperate, and he told me not to cooperate, so I'm not going to cooperate. Like it's the same thing. Yeah, I think I think now Jim Harbaugh is on the clock because there's no suspending him. I don't think. I think that the minute he is suspended, he will be fired. And you're gonna. And what I mean by that is, we're suspending Jim Harbaugh until the investigation's finished. He'll never coach another game at Michigan. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you fire Connor Stallions because he wouldn't cooperate. And your head coach, who didn't even know Connor, I had no idea. Would Connor step Connor who? Who? I would never do that. What? Um, has a history of not cooperating and has a level one violation to prove it. This is football. This is how Michigan football operates. No, now we have a pattern. Now we have more than one person not cooperating with high level investigations. This is a problem. Uh, Tanner Plummer, people got to know whether or not Michigan head coach is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook signed the Wii fence. Mm -hmm. Could be, could be Me? Jeff. I'm not going to play your game. I'm not doing it. Uh, AAR, uh, Connor stallion sign guy. 007. Talk to my lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike Smith, Connor falls on the sword and yells out snitches get stitches. Fine Steeler guy. You know, uh, John uh, Delon, Connor is protecting Gene. How sweet. That's exactly. what I mean, dude. This is, this is, you, you can see where this is going. You, you, you I, can absolutely see where it's it going, going, dude. Where else would it be going? Yeah. Uh, to catch a stallion. Yeah. Exactly, Aaron. Uh, go black. Go Tigers. 
Uh, guys, we're about to see a great magic trick. A stallion's is going to turn into a rat. <laughs> but who's going to force his hand? Jim. He, I, the, the detail that Nicole brought forward that he didn't cooperate. So is he the fall guy? Is uh, he the mark? Is he the patsy for this whole thing? I think we could be heading that direction. So when you say, hey, who's going to force his hand? I think Jim would be the guy to force his hand because, because Jim's going to deny everything. We already know that. We know Jim's not going to cooperate and he's going to deny everything. And so then that means that Stallions will be the fall guy, which then means that, that, that he is going to sue Michigan for wrongful termination. And these two are going to fight it out, which then means that you're going to have to suspend Jim Harbaugh for the duration of this investigation, which then means, as you just said, Jim Harbaugh is never going to coach another football game for Michigan, which is incredible timing considering you've been on by and it's Friday before your Saturday game and all of this is coming out. So does Jim Harbaugh set foot on that sideline tomorrow? I have a hard time believing that, but maybe it happens. Maybe it happens, but man, I have a hard time believing that after you just fired Connor Stallions. I, I, I don't know how that, how that squares. I don't know how that works. I, I don't know how Michigan can, can stand to fire the guy who everyone believes was on CMU sideline and who is widely regarded as the dude that stole all these signs. But then at the same time, have the, the head man orchestrator on your sideline coaching the game. How, how are we doing that? And by the way, how 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 is it that that whoever who the hell is Michigan playing? Who who's Michigan got? Purdue. Purdue. Boiler up. Yeah. I mean, if you're Purdue, how are you playing this game if Jim's on the sideline? Brandon Butler. We're about to see how loyal a hungry stallions really is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what I don't understand. Like. Oh, Brandon, I love this you. This is classic mob movie type stuff, dude. Like, hey. You were running a scheme, uh, and you didn't. There's no way. I agree. There's no way you're having a fifty-five thousand a year employee sign an NDA. That doesn't. That never happens. Can't imagine it would happen here. And and you get caught. Dude gets fired. You really tell me he's not coming after you to square things up? Come on now. That's that's rough. I I I think that's rough. I, mm. uh, that's why he was terminated because he wouldn't cooperate. I, I, I think that's probably why he was terminated. I think you're exactly right. I mean, compliance and participation is, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but I know in all NCAA athletic contracts, yeah, there is language that essentially says it's a given you're going to cooperate with investigations. It's like a stipulation in your employment contract. And that's why it's a level one violation when you do not. And when you make $55,000 a year as a football analyst and you don't cooperate, you're going to get whacked. Yeah. And Adam Rittenberg, who's been all over this from ESPN, is saying that not cooperating, what that actually looks like is that Stallions did not attend a meeting with Michigan officials today, possibly on advice of his counsel. So he retained a lawyer yesterday, I believe it was. Yeah. So. 
Jeff says uh, Michigan had to fire him as an analyst before they could hire him as the head coach per his manifesto. That's good. Point. Right, right. You know, uh, LFG says innocent person would fully cooperate. They would not. What if it incriminates you? Do you watch suits? Hello? No. Uh, no. Oh, idiots. Uh, I don't believe that innocent people always cooperate. I think if you are a Harbaugh guy and you're innocent, are you going to cooperate? Knowing it's going to probably be part of his downfall. If you are sign stealer guy, are you going to cooperate knowing you're probably going to get fired anyway? Because that's what somebody just texted me. Why does he care? He was getting fired anyway. And think about what, who we're talking about though. We're, we're, we're talking about an operative. You're talking about someone who, who understands the game they're playing, believes they can win and not get caught and do it in an open public fashion. That's who you're dealing with here. Don't forget that. So he's not going to cooperate. He's not going to help anybody. He's no. going to help himself. No. Uh, Boss Frog, who I think works in compliance. Uh, most ethics and employment policies have a policy that employees must participate in, in internal investigations. Must. Yeah. Gary Wolf, I'm I'm not a I'm not a crook. I'm not a crook. <laughs> Said Richard Nixon and not Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Mike Smith playing the role of Ollie North in the Michigan play, Connor Stallions, a real-life Marine captain. I'm going to say this again. I think Michigan wants Stallions to be the fall guy. That's why he lawyered up. Mm, I, I think, want you to listen to me. I I think my guess is they're looking for somebody internally to say, yeah, uh, we did this, and he knew about it. I think that's what they were hoping Connor Stallions would say, and he refused. And I think he, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that he is going to sue and that he did not want to incriminate himself because I'm also guessing that his lawyer has read through his employment agreement. You know, I, I mean, that's why you write an employee handbook, right? Right. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That's why I hire attorneys and I would guess, I think that's a very good point. Jake, I think you or somebody said his lawyer probably advised him not to participate. Yeah. So, hey, you do you, man. You do you. Michael Jarrett, I can't see, I can't wait to see that team up North's game the rest of the year. Pretty sure we will find out. Also, funny thing is Desmond will make excuses if that team up North uh, loses because he, he knew too, guaranteed. That is the joke. Watch. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Uh, Boss Frog, yeah, I'm really questioning this report. He didn't cooperate. You are. I think it makes sense because he was getting whacked anyway. Did anybody, does anybody really think he, what, what is, what were they going to let him keep his 401k? <laughs> it's his money anyway. Come on, man. I mean, he was getting whacked anyway. They were going to fire him. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, 49er UCLA Wolverine Harbaugh, just two game suspension, due process wins. This was all a witch hunt. Is that like official? Did I miss something? A two-game suspension? Where, where does... How does that happen? Um, I don't know that... Yeah, I don't know that... Is that... A two-game suspension is probably not doing this. Uh, this was all just a witch hunt. Michigan will kick Penn State in OSU's ass this year. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Um, you probably are... Are you referring to the unsportsmanlike policy at the Big Ten? 
because uh, Tony Petiti isn't following that policy. I don't know how many people have noticed that. There's a policy in the Big Ten bylaws that says Tony Petiti has the right to use the unsportsmanlike conduct policy to suspend somebody. And most people think this is a slap on the wrist. But he doesn't have to go and ask anybody's opinion to do that. No. And Tony Petiti is taking part in a barnstorming tour, essentially. He's talking to all the coaches, all the athletic directors, all the presidents tomorrow. Met with Michigan administration president and AD today. Was there when they fired Connor Stallions. And now is meeting with the NCAA on Monday. You think he's doing that for a two-game suspension? Really? No, I'm and, and I'm being serious. I, I I don't I don't I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. You know. Uh Aaron Wilson, shout out to my dad who passed one year ago today. He would have loved this show. Thank you for the comfort and community over the last year. You're welcome. Thanks for being here, man. Um John DeLon. So Connor was walking the Michigan sidelines with 200 pages of printed paper consulting with both coordinators for two and a half years, and Gene was clueless? Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. He knew. Brandon Butler for $5. We are about to find out how loyal a Hungry Stallions is. Yes, I read that one. My bad. Uh, this is how the Watergate scandal played out. Multiple White House officials fell on the sword for Nixon. Now Stallions is doing the same for the Wee fence. I don't know about that, dude. I'm not buying that. I don't necessarily believe he's falling on a sword. I... He was never getting his job back. You like if you're Connor, put yourself in Connor Stallion's shoes. Well, guys, 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 guys. I mean, I'm still getting paid, so there's a chance. You think I get next year's Jordan gear? <laughs> I don't think he was thinking, but I, he was not. He knew he wasn't getting his job back. If he thought he was getting his job back, that guy is is a jag. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and and and, and you know, we also have to presume that. You know, again, a guy of this caliber, right? This mental capacity, this ability, you know, he he's able to forecast and and look forward. He knows what's coming. He he knows he was going to get fired. He knows, you know, he knew that suspension was going to happen. He like you you know that, and so you can't tell me this whole time he wasn't getting a lawyer ready. Just because it got announced today doesn't mean that he hadn't had that lined up for however long now, you know. He knew, bro. He knew. I just, I think it is um, the national reaction to this is hysterical. Like, <laughs> it's so funny to me that Colin Cowherd is quoted and Fox is spinning this out everywhere. The demand for a rush to punishment for Michigan is about one thing fear. Fear of what? No, you know what it's about? People's fucking legacies. Yeah. That's what this is about. I, this idea that there is no victim here is absolutely ridiculous. And we got to stop with that. Do you really think there's no victim here? Are you kidding me? I I, I don't understand this defense that, well, who really? You know, they're just scared of Michigan. Michigan's going to kick their ass. Well, if you knew every sign and you knew where to be and when to be there on the football field, you think you wouldn't win every game too. What, like, are, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, people really believe that. That That's absolutely ridiculous. That's ridiculous. 
CJ Stroud, anybody on any team that they stole signs from is a victim here. He cost CJ Stroud money. There's no question about that. There's there's just no question about that. Sorry, man. I'm not I'm not doing this thing where it's like, oh, there was no victim here. There were hundreds, if not thousands. I mean, it's remarkable to me that you have the volume of leaks that have come out of Michigan that have fed the narrative on this, and you still think it's because people are scared of Michigan football. No, nobody's scared of Michigan football. You know what was driving? You know who was scared, Colin? Uh, Jim Harbaugh was scared of getting fired because he wasn't winning games. He had zero wins of consequence three years ago. Zero. They were sputtering. There were talk about him not keeping his job. And then all of a sudden, man, out of nowhere, he beats Ohio State two years in a row, including at the shoe. Holy cow. He's figured it out. This guy's amazing. You really think that's what happened? There was no, nobody's scared of Michigan. They're fed up with Michigan. They're fed up with Michigan. Like, come on. Totally agree, man. Come on. It, this is this is wild to me. It's wild that people think this is about fear. This is not about fear. No. No. Because Michigan hasn't Stop. done anything to, you know, instill fear. I mean, Michigan hasn't beaten Georgia. Like, you know, th- that's why there's fear. That's why schools fear Georgia and Alabama most years because those two are unstoppable. Those two, you're not, you're not doing anything about it. I I would contend that even if you had their signs, they'd still beat you because they are that much better than you. Yeah. It is wild to me how you, how we can look at this completely differently. Like we all sit here talking about Connor stallions getting fired today. And it's like, Oh, everybody's scared of Michigan. Nobody's scared of Michigan. We know what they did. Like the evidence is, it, it, it's, it, man. I, and I know he plays him this week, but I agree 100% with what Ryan Walter said. We It's not alleged anymore. It's unfortunate. Um, and, and what's crazy is this, there aren't allegations. Like it, it happened, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, you know, there's video evidence. There's um, ticket purchases and sales that you can track back and, you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. Um, and so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals and, and we will operate differently offensively. Like we might, you might see us in a huddle yeah. um, for the, for the first time this season. Um, so it is, it is what it is, but uh, we're excited to go play and I think it'll make for a great story. Laura Weiss makes a great point too. One does shady and desperate things when they're at risk of being fired. Yes. Totally agree. Fact. Absolutely. Totally agree. I just think it's, it's best. That perspective is wild to me. Lee Jensen says, how are you doing, Jake? Good. Better. Better today than yesterday. Did the day quill help your golf game today? Uh, no. No, it did not. No. Couple of good holes, couple of bad holes. I had no good holes today. Today, the driver is all over the place right now. At least I figured it out, though. I got to... Right, right. You know, driving range in the morning, I'll fix it. Uh, Mike Smith, Jake would rat first. He's younger and more life in front of him. Well, 
you know, Kim Collier. Uh, what about both Big Ten championships game play? Probably uh, be Purdue and Iowa regardless, but I feel bad for those boys that went against them in a championship game and they knew every play. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. Any breaking report, Jim Harbaugh will not play calling, but will be in attendance tomorrow. It is believed Jesse Minter will be the play caller tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Well, who cares if he calls plays? What does that got to do with anything? I don't get it. Like, yeah. uh, Big Daddy Magic said, or Big Daddy Victor guy. Big Daddy Victor guy. Victor Wambanyama, 38, and it's a non-story. Victor's the way. Are you serious? The, the Michigan football story is the biggest story in sports, man. You're talking about a, a, an NBA regular season game in November with a rookie that everybody wants to compare to Shaq, and there's no comparison to Shaq. So wait, I'm just curious. You think Victor Wambanyama's performance last night is bigger than sign stealer guy getting whacked? You think that's a bigger story? Apparently he does. Are you serious? Bro, that's not a bigger story. It, they're, they're, and, and listen, we he's on the docket. I mean... <laughs> Victor's the way is on the docket. It is on the it's docket. On the show We've been trying today. to get the NBA, but this story just keeps eating. I mean, I, there's not much that I can. There's I, you know, it's the the wild thing is it's never good enough. No, it's never like I got this dude on Twitter now, like all pissed off. Damian Fowler, who I didn't even know commented on our show. Do you have a problem with me, Monty? You haven't read my comments in over a week, and I'm a member. I haven't seen your comment. We got 5,000 comments yesterday. We've got 4,100 comments on the show today. On a Friday, easily our slowest day of the week. Yeah. 4,000 comments, and that was 45 minutes ago. Maybe it's just that Friday thing where everybody's Maybe it off. is. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I, you know. Uh, Delaric, if Victor did that in game one of the playoffs, then okay. Yeah. You know. Uh, Jack Ciulia. Thula, I, JC. Hi, JC. Good to see you. Uh, breaking news, pro basketball player scores points. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little well more said. than that. Well it's said. a little more than that. Uh, let's see. Seanski. Seanski. Okay. Uh, I would never let my boy go to Michigan. Amen. And if he was there, I would be telling him to hit the portal. And that's, that's the other problem. Does this not taint the performances of like yes. JJ McCarthy for president? Like, does this not taint his performance? Yeah. That's not the end great, of the but... four more years campaign for buddy. Like, come on, dude. Come on. I, I mean, at some point, at some point there's gotta be serious ramifications here. Yeah. Um, J JC also says Wemby ain't dunking on Ollie Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> Victor Wambanyama had a very good performance last night. Very good performance. There's no spitting that. Mm -hmm. He single-handedly won him that game. And I'm happy for him. I'm thrilled. And I all I say is it's November. Let's keep seeing it. By the way, we're officially underway in the NBA in-season tournament. And the floor in Milwaukee is putrid. Dude, it is dreadful. <laughs> dreadful future I, lee jensen vw supporters quote vw was way better defense than michigan victor's the way <laughs> damn exactly right it's a defense exactly right 
exactly right. Uh, Gumby, hashtag red ass Friday. Yeah. You know, red ass every day. Gumby. And it does. Am I? That's so true. Michigan fan has been a red ass every Every last week. It was Oregon state fan. Last week it was Oregon state fan. This week it's Michigan fan every day. You know, uh, Johnny Gonzalez. What's up? Gonzalez. Uh, BW makes better cars than Volkswagen. I've heard that. Well, I've heard that. You know, who the fuck is that guy? Never seen him in the comments before. Oh, dude. Big Daddy Magic is the official Monty Show ambassador. Who the fuck is that guy? Not only is he amazing, he he has the the hottest chicks on the planet, and he's a he's a real life paparazzi. That's what he does. He actually is. He I'm not even kidding. He's a real life paparazzi. So that's my guy. Uh, William Bailey. Fun fact. Oh boy. 89.74% of Michigan graduates live in a mobile po- home park. No, oh, I didn't know that. Man, that's really great. Thank you. Wow. Laura Weiss, I love my VW. I'm guessing you have a Victor Wamanyama jersey. I could be wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. Victor's the way. Ohio State will be without both starting safeties as they did not travel with the team. Ooh, that's not good. They probably were caught no not doing it no comment i find this so repetitive with all due respect but i guess it's big news over there it is the news over here it is the but i i am a massive basketball fan both in stature and in physical weight um i love the nba and i Ah. think i think as the season goes on we're going to every day this week we have had big nba stories on the yesterday ken lebron played 40 minutes um Today, Victor Wambanyama, is this a breakout game? Is he actually having a better rookie season than Shaq did? Because one of the idiots on Fox said that, um, <coughs> which I think is ridiculous. <coughs> but this college football on November 3rd with Michigan potentially losing their head coach. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a bigger story than Victor's performance yeah. last night. Yeah, like, Michigan's a premier brand in college football. Yeah, I'm not trying to even be argumentative about it. And Salty, you know I love my NBA, but... I mean, it is it is inarguable that football in the United States is just massive. Yeah, it is. Um, Mike Smith, it sucks in the U.S. with media uh, cycles, Salty. They wear the hell out of something, then move yet to another big story and wear the hell out of it. That's the way the world works. On YouTube, that's that's exactly how the world works. There is no bigger story in college football on ESPN or on YouTube than Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. There's no bigger story. Jeff Woodworth, Salty, is there an Aussie rules football scandal right now? I don't know. Harry Austin, well, the Pacers court is uh, bright. They're terrible. These Some of these courts yeah, are... Yeah, I just don't know what we're doing, dude. Because it's garbage. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, all right. Should we talk some, Victor? Yeah, I mean, if you want to. All right. Our NBA talk on this show is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com. 30-day trial membership for just 10 bucks. It's just 10 bucks, dude, to show you the rest of your life. If I said to you, for $10, that's a tax write-off because they give it to charity, you get a 30-day trial membership, all of their software, all of their coaching processes, algorithms, indicators, you name it. You get in in the first 30 days and you are trading like right now. 
Not in, not in week four, in day one, you are trading a tri-day trading. Why haven't you done it yet? I've heard so many people say, I'll start the first of the month. There is no first of the month. Start the rest of your life today. When you make excuses, you can't make progress, right? You can either make excuses or you can make progress. You can't do both together. Stop making excuses and start living your life, my friends, at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Sign up for their $10 30-day trial membership. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, is, in fact, Victor Wambanyama, is, it, is this a breakout performance? I don't think there's any doubt about that. Absolutely. But I thought it was very interesting that the guys on Fox were trying to make the argument that Victor Wambanyama's uh, his first five games, he and Shaq are the only ones to score 100 points. Mm. And they're like, oh, he's better than Shaq was. Now, we tend to do this in sports. Oh, he's better than Shaq <laughs> Absolutely. was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's laughed that, that kind of laughed that out of the gym at this point because I think most people agree that Shaq is the most dominant player in the history of the NBA. And Shaq didn't shoot threes. He dunked on people for 100 points. Yeah. But I don't think we need to compare this kid to anybody. This is the conversation we sort of had yesterday. Yeah. Uh, about Kevin Durant versus Victor Wambanyama. And I think that, well, I wouldn't go as far as to say he held his own against Kevin Durant. I think he was able to prove that he knows how to move away from the basketball. I think that's Victor Wambanyama's best skill. He's been an inconsistent three-point shooter, but he's done very well running the floor, and he's done very well you know, not allowing Kevin Durant to box him out. I think he's done very well. I think Victor Wambanyama has, has he met expectations? I think he's had one special game last night. Yeah. He's had some pretty average moments the the other games. Yeah, you know, I think the the thing for Victor is the expectations were just so damn high. Yes. And I think that, yeah, he had a hell of a night last night. No, no doubt about it. I think that if you're a Victor fan, you're going to sing his song uh, until you die. I, I think that's he's one of those guys that, you know, you're either a huge Victor guy or you're not. And I I view Victor as certainly generational talent, but at the same time, somebody that I think carries massive injury risk. Uh, I do think he'll have an ACL tear in his career. I'm not rooting for that, but I do think that's going to happen just because of the way he's built and the way he plays the game and just how physical the NBA is. Like, I think it's inevitable. And and I think that, you know, Victor Wambanyama is somebody who will grow into the NBA game. And I'm sure, I have no doubt, he will be a 25 and 10 guy every night for the mo majority of his career. I think what you're seeing is the typical rookie star. Hey, I'm going to put up 38 and 10 and be the reason that we beat the Suns. Hey, I'm going to put up 11 and 5 and be the reasons we got boat raced by the Clippers. Yes. You know, I'm going to put up 15 and 5 and we're going to lose to Dallas. But I'll put up 21 and 12 and we're going to be Houston. He's when he when he comes to this level where, hey, he truly is averaging 20 points, which he is right now. Hey, he's, I'm truly averaging 20 points. But will he ever, ever average 15 rebounds a game? Because he does not want to play below the three point stripe. I think those are the areas of maturity for Victor. He is 
I don't think anybody has questioned his talent. But I think we tend to do this thing where he has one great game and all of a sudden he is the best player in the NBA. No, he's not. He is a rookie who has been up and down. Now, the high was really high, right? But I would also remind you he's playing a Phoenix team without Booker and and Beal, back-to-back, and he had one okay game, and he had one stellar game. But he's also played a Clipper team, and they were really physical with them, and the Clippers beat the hell out of them. Then he played a Houston team, and they went to overtime to win that game, and they played Dallas, and they got boat raced. So you can see, okay, well, what is what is the rest of the what's the rest of the month look like for San Antonio? If we just project forward, is this competition getting better or worse? Well, now he's got to go to the Eastern Conference because it's home for Toronto at Indiana at New York, Minnesota, Miami at Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Memphis, back to back against the Clippers. Golden State, Denver on the road. Like, it's going to get substantially more difficult. Mm -hmm. Does he raise his level of play? I'm sure he will. Will he be truly averaging 20 points a game? Because right now that 38-point number really pushed that up. Okay, great. But now we need to give him the space to grow, to succeed, to understand that just because he has a terrible game doesn't mean he's a terrible player. What we can't do is this guy's the golden child. This guy's the golden. He's not LeBron. He's not Shaq. He's not. I think he's going to be much more Kobe. The struggles that Kobe had coming out of the gate, the air balls in the playoffs. Like My biggest concern for Victor Wembanyama is his, his, his contributions will not decide whether his team loses or wins. I would agree with That's that. That's my biggest concern for him. He, he, he's going to contribute at a high level, but that won't be the thing that decides if you win or lose. And that's a really tough place to be when you're supposed to be LeBron or Kobe or Shaq. Cause that's the thing. And the stats are very clear. Like with LeBron, I think the Lakers are like plus 38 when he's on the floor and like minus 17 when he's not LeBron is why they win. And, and that's if Victor can become that guy for the Spurs. Great. But if you're just going to be a guy that's 38, some nights, but most of the time you're 20 and 10 and you do it in a different way than other guys have, then then cool. But at that point, you're not, you know, the world's best basketball player we've ever seen. And so I think that's his challenge. He's got to get to that place where he's the one deciding, hey, whether you win or lose the game. And right now, I think he's viewed in the league, which is natural. I'm not even saying this is a bad thing about him, but he's viewed in the league as just kind of this freak athlete guy who's yes. really tall, can move like a guard for his size. We've never seen this before, but he can also be handled. There's a lot of times within the game where teams will run sets where he's not even in the play because they've intentionally moved the ball to the other side of the floor into their best player's hands. And and that's what I think is tough is like Kevin Durant went looking for him and they went back and forth, but guys know how to beat Wemby. And so, yes, did he have a great night? Yes. And I'm not looking to put him down. No, but I think that these 38 point performances get Victor Wembanyama supporters way up. And then when he can't come through for you against a really good team that actually is going to beat him, you're going to be way down. So I'm just telling you, find the middle, let the kid fail, let him succeed. 
let him let He's a him, rookie. That's what yeah, they do. That's what they do. I, I mean, I would say the same thing about any other rookie. Scoot, uh, Chet, you know, uh, the the Thompson twins. Like, dude, I they're all going to have their struggles. And I think Victor deserves that same opportunity. Yeah. I think uh, Asur Thompson is a very good example of that. Yeah. Because he is balling his ass off. And no one's going to talk about it. No mm -hmm. one's going to talk about it, but he is. Yeah, Mike Smith. Let Victor be Victor. He's a talented young man and a good player, but they do not need to crown him this early and put so much on the young man's shoulder. I totally agree. By the way. But that's what I, we do. I do think he can be that guy. I think he has that within him, but he's going to have to grow his body. He's going to have to become stronger, and he's going to have to set his pride to the side and learn how to play within the system and be the guy that makes the system go. Because, how long can he play on the perimeter? Yeah. Because yeah. Kevin Durant got after him. Like he had, he, when you have long arms and legs like that, and I think Kevin Durant shut a lot of people up with the, oh, Victor's the new Kevin Durant. Yeah, not so much. Because Kevin owned him. Yeah. And granted, Victor got his revenge with the putback dunk because, Kevin didn't defend him, mm -hmm. but I think you look at, you look at Victor. I agree. You just need to give him some room. The eye patch, they play physical in the NBA these days. That made me laugh, dude. You, did you see the Clippers hit him? The Clippers bumped him every chance they got and it drove him crazy because he's not used to that. He's not used to that. And I think you're going to see a good, a good bit of that because the question is going to be like, even with the Clippers, it's really interesting. What do you start? James Harden. I think because, you have to. But Russell Westbrook has been really good. Is anybody paying attention to Paul George? Because I'll say it again. The guy's having an MVP caliber season. Yep. He is, he is, in my opinion, still the best pure shooter in the NBA. And he is getting look after look because Russ is setting him up. Do you really want to disturb that right now? And you've got, you know, Mr. Clawface dude, Kawhi Leonard saying, Hey, I want to play all 82 games this year. Hey, Claw. Talking about his load. He wants to play 82. Dude, that's going to be a very interesting They're going situation. to start James with those guys. I I mean. Yeah. Harry Austin, Every everyone wishes they are Ollie Gordon. I know I do. I know I do. The Todd father, no superstar ever nails it in the first year. No. Uh, Lee Jensen, what would it take for him to be an all-star this year? I think he'll be an all-star. Yeah, he'll be an all-star. Yeah. I think they want him to be an all-star. The league needs him to be an all-star. Yeah, I would agree with that. Harry Austin, come on, Jake. LeBron, MJ, Kobe all had struggles, so stop comparing him to those goats. I'm not I, the one doing that. I, I don't think – I I I was really lucky. I was in the right place at the right time. I saw LeBron's first game ever. His struggles were very different than what Victor's facing. Victor doesn't have an NBA body. That's going to be his biggest problem. And he doesn't want to, I think Victor likes to shoot the three a lot. And I think he needs to, frankly, his biggest attribute is the kid can really run the floor. Yeah. And he, he really, you know what else he does? He catches the ball really well. As crazy as that sounds, he's got to learn to dominate the half court. He's got to. The Todd father, it's so many games. Let, uh, let's temper our expectations. He's going to struggle. Yeah. Let him be up and down. Let him be up and down. Uh, uh, John DeLon, I can't watch the NBA these days. It's like watching junior high girls play basketball. I love it. I love every bounce of it. 
Tanner Plummer, I think it's a little too early to say Victor won't be the reason the Spurs win or lose. I that's interesting. You could be right. Brandon Butler, remember Yao Ming and all the hype? Same deal. Exact same deal. And then he got hurt all the time. Uh, Thompson twins were okay in the 80s. Yes, they were. That's, oh, man. Uh, Shaq talking about young Yao Ming was interesting. It's, an, it's a decent comparison, except Victor doesn't want to be physical and doesn't want to play center. Yeah, and the difference is Victor's way more skilled than Yao Ming was. And Victor wants to play the three. How are you going to guard Book? How are you going to guard Beal? How are you going to guard the the Draymond Greens of the world? How are you going to guard the, you know, think about your garden variety three in this league. He is a four in like we're watching the Nick game. How does he do against, how does he do against Julius Randle? How does he do against that? Because you're that's who he, he's wanting to play the four. He's going to have to play a hybrid like, he, I think he is going to have to learn how to take a beating. Yeah. Because it's it's really tough in this league when you have guys like Jay Crowder playing the three. Like, Jesus, what do you do with Jay Crowder? And, and he, he, Jay Crowder and Bobby Portis playing the three-four combo in Milwaukee. I mean, those guys are all knees and elbows. Mm-hmm. You know, I think <clears throat> those are the matchups that he's going to have to figure out. Getting Victor in foul trouble will not be difficult. You mean, no, you and he's already that. faced that. Yeah, I mean, you need to understand that. It, you know, the the there are pros and cons to every body shape, and the con for Victor is that it's easy to commit fouls when your arms are that long. Yeah, like, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, Expedition Greg, I'm tired of Michigan fans and Michigan podcasts blaming Ohio State for their problems. It's all Ohio State's fault. Yeah, just ask them. They'll tell when, you. When are you going to learn that? Yeah. You, you, Expedition Greg, you know this. You know this, uh, a, 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 you know, <laughs> it's all their fault. DeLon, could Ollie Gordon guard Victor? I don't believe he can. Although Ollie Gordon can guard everybody. He guarded your mom. Right. Uh, Jeff Woodworth, Ollie Gordon will throw an 80-yard touchdown bomb this weekend to Ollie Gordon. And it's going to be a perfect spiral. Can you do something for me? Gonzalez. Ollie Gordon might hold the cure for cancer, not like that Iowa offense killing all those kids in that hospital up there. What are you doing? Oh, Ollie Gordon. Yeah. I do love it. Yeah. Get in the uh, description below, you guys. Make sure you check out our good friends at Bucked Up. Buckedup.com, the official energy drink of the Monty Show. I love me some Miami. You know what I love about Bucked Up? You guys, they offer a variety pack now. So if you have not had Bucked Up Energy, get to buckedup.com and just search for the variety pack and you can try all the different flavors. You can go to walmart.com. If you're in Utah, go to any of their uh, Bucked Up stores from St. George all the way up to uh, Salt Lake City. I personally shop at at, uh, the South Jordan store on a pretty regular basis, but Farmington Station, you name it, they've got the hookup at buckedup.com. Use the program promo code Monty to save 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. And don't forget free samples of Buckshot, the greatness of Buckshot right here. Get six free Buckshot in the description below. Jake, I hope you feel better. I'll be fine. Jakey three holes is, uh, at least you're not coughing all over the place like Doc Holliday and his tuberculosis. Yeah, thing. yeah, tuberculosis two holes. I mean, your your miracle recovery from tuberculosis yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's been incredible. You know, quite proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Really average thank job you. today as always. Yeah. Okay, I, I just thought, you know, I was.
I'm going to leave. All right. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>